0: Fine than you,
1: not bad man not bad <clears throat> so how you been feeling i seen on um, instagram you had a bit of a weight cut
0: sir yeah yeah i had uh and to be honest it was way harder than what i expected
1: <laughs> it looked so... like it dude it looked like look like you caught the covid my friend <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah to be honest i i was really Not great, and you know I didn't have anything to uh, like pressure me to do so. Like when you have worlds or any meat, you have to do it because you have to be at the weight at the time. But when I woke up and I was that heavy when I woke up, although I had a whole plan to wake up uh, lighter, etc., I was like, oh man, no, not today. But hey, I did it at the end of the day. So here's
1: the thing with weight cutting: I've had weight cuts. That are just brutal. Like, absolutely. <laughs> Whoever's done weight cutting, there's nothing worse. You, at times, you're like, oh, my God, I could die. You, you. There are times when you're, if you're doing, like, a bath or something, you could pass out. You feel like, yeah. I am going to straight up pass out. You're losing so much sweat. Your heart rate is just racing through the roof. Um, your core temperature is so bloody hot. And, um, yeah, you need, like, a spotter to watch you. Because if you pass yeah. out in the tub, I mean, that's, that's a wrap. And um, I can't believe to do that when, <laughs> if you don't even have to, you you know, going through hell and you're like, Man, I can stop at any time. I don't have yeah.
0: to do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when people ask me how brutal can a bath be, etc. and I, I know this example will talk to you because you like MMA and yeah. it, it will definitely talk to you. I don't know if you ever saw um, there was uh, like um, a day in the life with uh, Chris uh, Cyborg. Yes, I did. Have you seen her in the bath? Yes, when I When she's did. like crying uh, and asking her coach, I don't know, to, to let her out uh, to let her out because she can't anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so this girl gets punched like super hard by professional punchers in the world. Yeah. She gets submitted, choked, whatever, and she doesn't cry, but she cries in the bath. And I'm like, man, it's gotta be something hard. You now know? You know.
1: It's, it's like, honestly, when you get that dehydrated um, so first off, you feel like you're sick, like you yeah. feel ill, like the flu, like, um, even though you have nothing in you, you could vomit, pass out, whatever. But on top of that, when you get out of the tub, your muscles can cramp. They're so crampy. Yeah. I've like sneezed in every <laughs> fucking abdominal, like seizes up and you're like, holy shit. I-
0: definitely. Yeah. It's like you
1: do a crunchy and you can't uncrunch. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like,
0: definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the worst. It's. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You, you start getting worried where, like, if I'm this tight, like, you got muscle spasms, and it'll cramp. You can have a hamstring cramp, good luck getting it loose. And you're like, if I'm this fucking tight when I lift, man, these muscles exactly. are tearing. Like, it's dangerous. Yeah, exactly. You get scared.
0: Yeah, definitely, yeah. But to be honest, I didn't have any cramps uh, this, this time. So I was happy because um, I really had uh, big, big, big issues with cramps, especially on the squat. I don't know why. Uh, and so one day, even uh, it was a um, qualifying a, a national comp for Europeans, and I had like my spotters grab me at the end of the stage because I couldn't walk because my my quad had cramp so bad. And I'm lucky enough to have a Cairo a best friend who's always with me. So and so he he takes with him uh, you know his uh, table in order to oh, manipulate damn. me, etc. So yeah, that's that's I really want to thank him for that as well.
1: Dude. If you're a Cairo best friend, if he wasn't yeah. your best friend, he quickly becomes.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and I met him at the gym actually. Uh, and I was uh, some bad stuff, etc., with my with my lifting and he was like, Oh, where, what, what sport are you doing? And so he didn't know about the power lifting. And now he's a competitor himself. So I think everybody that learns about power lifting starts like you get you, you get caught by the bug and then yeah. you're in.
1: You're a, yeah, you you get caught by the buck once you start, and you start smashing some weights. The numbers start going up, and you're like, oh, wow, I, I wonder if I could hit this nice round. There's always a round number. You chase it.
0: Yeah, okay? exactly. Yeah. And
1: then you get that, yeah. and it's not good enough. You're like, all right, well, I'm still hungry. I ate that food, <laughs> I'm still hungry. You're, you're always going to be hungry. Uh, but also, <laughs> every every powerlifter is going to come into contact with like a chiropractor, RMT, whatever the shit. Those guys yeah. and girls are like... Um, everybody's going to end up having one of them helping yeah. you
0: out. Yeah, you, you need them. And I think the, the sooner the better because if you start to have like big issues that uh, prevent you from doing your sport in order to go there uh, to, to see them, I think it's maybe too late. And we, we, we've all been there. Uh, yeah. And like, so I think it's better to do it. Like, even if you don't feel that beat up or that hurt or whatever and have that uh, support with you uh, all the time. And now I think every two weeks i either go to see a cairo or a a physiotherapist i think it's called uh, in english Uh, so either one of them because and and i'm lucky because i have one uh, physio f- uh, friend and one chiropractor friend. So yeah, I'm man. like, oh, all good. You got a
1: nutritionist friend too. Yeah. You recruited. Uh, Look no, at you recruit. Not Recru-
0: yet. Not yet. <laughs> ah, not yet.
1: you tried trying to bring him into the fold, right? Yes, yeah, but, but
0: I'm looking for one. So, <laughs> so this,
1: this is a plug on the podcast right yeah, yeah, now. But, but if you want to make friends, I have room in my inner circle for 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 but, more people.
0: I'll take it. I'll take <laughs> it.
1: That's right. That's right. Nicely done. Uh, we first met in sweden helsingborg
0: and um
1: i think it was in was it in the hallway that we first talked or in the arena anyways
0: in in the it was in the at the stage like yeah. uh that the stage i was uh, doing my last my last uh, session and you were there and i was like oh man i gotta see him and so i went there but it was exactly on the comp stage
1: yeah and we talked and i remember you telling me my man because you would listen to the podcast the previews yeah. and you were like you don't even know what's coming the, yeah. the, the Europeans are coming. The French are coming, and um, I was like, "Okay, well, all right," because I'm, I'm obviously I'm to see it all. And afterwards, I was like, "Holy smokes!" Like the, the mm. Europeans, obviously, um, in several of the weight classes, really stepped up, took medals, took placings, broke world records. And then afterwards, I vowed, I'm like, "That shit is not going to happen again." We're we're <laughs> yeah. we're, we're profiling <laughs> the European Championships, uh, and we did, and we're recapping the European Championships. And and um, obviously having a lot more Europeans on the podcast more and more, and um, I you got people now like I'm looking at other people's Instagram. It, other people around the U.S. now are like, "What the fuck is going on in France? Mm. What's going on in France right now? It's it's crazy."
0: I, you know what I think. Um, so I, I wanted to see you because, like you said, uh, I was listening to the you know to the preview, and I really enjoyed the show. So well, thank you. You're doing a really nice job with that. And so I was like, okay, but, you know, Leah, and she was posting back then because Leah, uh, I'll tell you this for everybody that listens, if you see Leah post something, she did better, and she didn't post it. Always. Oh, wow. Like, she always <gasps> have something under her, uh, how do you say, under her, like uh, in her Le- pocket. Yeah, yeah place, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's always, like, if she posts something, she did, like, maybe two and a half or five kilos more, uh during training so i'll just i'll just say that for the record and i was like she she had some posted some nice numbers like not near what she's doing now but nice numbers And i was like okay that's weird because they they don't even mention it and it was kind of the same with uh noemi the, the 47 back then now 52 and so i was like man i really don't understand and and when when i saw you i was like okay i gotta tell him and And to be honest, it was ballsy because uh, neither of of her uh, had their uh, meat yet. So I was like, maybe I'll say something and then they don't back up. But lucky enough, they both backed it up. So I was like, oh.
1: (laughs) I don't look stupid.
0: You talk
1: big. And they're like, oh, shit. I hope this works out. (laughs)
0: yeah and the worst is like if you talk big for yourself it's okay but if you talk big for other people it's i think worse yeah
1: if they were like what are you doing don't
0: put the pressure
1: on me yeah
0: yeah yeah and when I told them that I went to see you, was like, they were like, oh, no, you're crazy. Why, why did you do that? And I was like, don't worry, I'm sure it will work out then <laughs> yeah, did that the F- 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 So, yeah. <laughs> finger crossed for next time.
1: It's funny because both of them are pretty like reserved and shy. They're not like yeah, def- super outspoken. Mm-hmm. Like they would never say that themselves.
0: No, no, definitely not. Like definitely. both of them. And I think it's, it's, it's nice sometimes, you know, to have either you say something or someone say something about you because it, it, I feel like it cannot push you back in the, uh, back with the wall, and you you have to do something like, right. "Hey man, I'm here now." He he said it, so I have to back it up. And right. I think I, I said them that I that I said it in order to to like let them know that I totally believe in them, like a hundred percent. And I so much believed in in them that I got to see you, and I I knew back then that you would talk about it or. I don't know in which way, but you would talk about it because uh, you're one of the biggest voices in in the the biggest voice in our sport. And I was like, okay, so now they know that I believe in them 100%. So
1: it's out there now. What's the idea?
0: What's the idea? It's
1: out there now. Yeah, man. I mean, it's 100% true. I've been in situations too where it can work too, where it puts a little pressure on you, which is good. Pressure is not always a bad thing, right? And also. Mm Sometimes you don't know until someone says it. Like I've been in situations where people might <laughs> say something about me in a room. And I had face-to-face, maybe we didn't have these conversations. Or maybe when we did and they compliment me and say something, I just kind of, oh, yeah, but you know, you're my friend or whatever. You don't – it's just whatever. You, some people don't take compliments very well. I'm kind of like that at yeah. times. Yeah. When you're in a room and you hear your friend or your coach or somebody – Talking about you like that to someone else, and they're like, Let me tell you about this guy. And you're like, Holy shit, really? (laughs) You're like, it sometimes does, you know, maybe at the world's if she if either of those girls showed up, and you're the coach, so it's coming from you of all people, if either of those girls show up and you're saying that and they hear it maybe if they weren't sure, they become a little more sure. You get a little braver. You Mm. know what
0: I mean? You're like, all right. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think it's the case. Like, when it comes from somebody that you trust, like, when it comes from somebody that you don't know, you're like, okay, whatever. You don't know me at the end of the day, but I I know them both, like, uh, either either from a professional perspective or a personal perspective because uh, I've been friends with Leah prior to coaching her. Uh, Not the case with Noemi, but with Leah, and it was and then I will 100% know both of them, uh, what they were capable of, and also their uh, mental state and mental strength and toughness. And uh, so I wasn't wrong on that one. So that was, were, dude, that was nice at the end you, of the day.
1: You were not wrong, sir. So yeah. what, is, what is happening here in France right now? Because um, there seems to be a common denominator right now with at least three of these ladies on my radar off the top. Um Samantha Eugene lives with you. Whether or not you're yeah. you know, she's she's programming for herself, but obviously you're like you're gonna be a mentor whether you like it or not. You live with her, you know, she's 17, you're grown up, you're gonna be a mentor, obviously. You're coaching um Naomi and Leah, and um you're you're almost like uh, Charlie from Charlie's Angels here. You got you got three assassins. You <laughs> got you got three killers, got three killers yeah. coming out of France. And possibly more, I'm sure. And um, even even when I'm looking at some of the fellas, now they're a little less hyped, but I see a lot of fellas coming out of France right now. Like Since I've been, been giving a bit of a push on King List with the French ladies saying, listen, France got killers. From from mm. 47 to 84 plus, you guys are meddling at the Europeans, meddling at worlds, uh, breaking world records, and like, this is real. And um, And I'm posting up on it. And then some of some of the fellas from France are like, show us a little love too. Check this out. Check that out. And I'm seeing it. And I get people DMing me saying like, what the hell is going on in France? So I guess basically, when you when did you first start powerlifting and what was powerlifting like in France at the time?
0: Yeah. And um, I, I think your your question really sums it up because it's really a matter of uh, like timing. And I think, I think that in France, we got our timing super late uh, when you compare us to like uh, Russians or Americans or whatever. And um, the thing is when I started powerlifting, I, it was my last year as a junior. And I think, so it was probably like three, four years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. And when you searched like powerlifting in France, you, you would have like one or two posts, like a week. And so it was like uh, three reps at 180 on the squat. I'll take what one month or two months of, of deload, something like that, you know. And so we had like really super, super, super old uh, programs, ideas of training. And so when I started up, I was in a club because in France you have to be registered in a club in order to powerlift uh, in a competition. And I was saying at the president of the, of the club that I wanted to be, at, at that time, my like, elite powerlifter I loved and I was like oh I got it I have to be like him it uh, was Atwood even though and at that time he wasn't the killer he is right now like the god of powerlifting or whatever you want to call it I'm fine with it and he was also but he was super strong and I really like the you know the guy that gets beat up and shows up next year in order to beat everybody else and you beat me up again okay no problem see you next year etc so I was really a fan of him and I was like I was telling my coach, like uh, my president of the club, he wasn't really my coach, but whatever. And I was telling him, oh, I want to be like this guy. And so, you know, I- I'll say it right now, you you can cut it or whatever. But he was like, man, he's on roads and everybody at the international level is on roads. So d- don't try to, you know, to try to compare with them. And it was really the idea, like, not everybody here was thinking that, but a lot of people were thinking that if you're a top level guy, like, a Taylor Atwood or whatever, you're on something. Mm. And I was like, okay, but there are uh, tests, et cetera. So how, how do they beat that up? And they're like, oh, don't worry. They know how to do it. Like, you know, stupid stuff. And I was like, okay, but I, I want to believe them because they're saying they're naughty and they have tests, et cetera. So I want to believe it and train really hard and see what I can do and where I can go. And so I think first what truly really changed in France was the mentality. Like... Uh, Back in three, four years back, everybody believed that everybody was on something. And nowadays, it's way more like, okay, everybody can be natural. Obviously, there are some people that are on something, and that's good for them. But I think the biggest shift was that first shift. Like, if you think you can do it, then you try to find ways to do it. You know, If if you think it's possible, then you're like, okay, whatever. I'm never going to be at that level. And so more and more people were believing that, especially we had some uh, athletes coming up that were not at this level they are, they are at right now. I think of Leah, Noemi, and athletes uh, like that. And then what changed was uh, the programming. Um, we, we really had some really poor programs uh, in France. Everybody was pretty much doing the same thing. Nothing was individualized. Everything was like, okay, you, when you train hard for two weeks you have to take like two months off or you know like way 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 older ideas Mm -hmm. and so what was the really big shift i think also was the the thing that some people that were talking english started to you know look and see at what others were doing like especially americans or not 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 that uh, many european countries because because at the time the europeans weren't at, at that level but more Americans, English, et cetera. And so I think now in France, pretty much everybody, not, not really everybody, but a lot of people are doing uh, emerging st- strategy programming. Uh, so uh, RTS with Mike Sure, And a lot of the top athletes in France are doing that. Like from what I know, every, every top athlete uh, that competes internationally does that. So I think wow. that were the two, the two big ch- changes. It's,
1: it's, you know, it's funny because well, one thing first off the bat, yeah, there's something that's not everybody could fully appreciate is the fact that there would be a language barrier and it would be, yeah. you know, what, if you're in France and, and if you don't speak English, the communications that like we have social media and everything everybody's just sharing so much information. And you're almost yeah. on the outside looking in, being like, there's a lot of information getting shared and we're not a part of it. And when you yeah. go to if you went to people like the old guard, so to speak, and be like, How do I train? What's going on here? And they have these old views, and you're like, But I but I see this guy. His name's Taylor Atwood, and he's good. I want to be like him. And if they like, you're right. When people start saying, That's not real, gotta be on this, gotta be on that, aim lower. Is basically, yeah. what they're saying, when they tell yeah, you exactly. that, yeah. you when you when everyone in the nation, under that federation, anyways, for powerlifting is thinking that, then it becomes the standards are low in the yeah, research. Definitely. But when you're like a guy like you comes around, you're like, no, but that's not good enough for me. Like, like I, I I'm not gonna aim lower. So here's what I'm gonna do: I'm gonna figure it out. You know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. You you have to figure it out. So you mm. step outside the old guard and now you're like reaching out to some of these Americans, English speaking and be like, teach me. How is this? Yeah. What's going on? Let me take some classrooms. Let me get some coaching. How are you guys devising programs? Now, why did you do this move? Why did you do that stuff? Like, And you start learning and you're like time to kick it in and you could, see. Yeah, that. definitely. Were other people like that at the time when you first went into powerlifting and there's the old guard. Was there, like, some other people like you who were like, nah, this can't be the way. There's got to be more to it than this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking of one really good friend of mine. Uh, I don't know if you know him. His name is Corentin Clement. He's um, a 120 junior. Mm -hmm. uh, And he was 105 junior world champion uh, and world uh, total record holder right now, I think, again. And so, yeah, he was coming up. And he was posting, like, super high numbers for a kid uh, his age. And so we were talking a lot uh, through social media, and I think we we were the first in France to start to, you know, to share information in French uh, regarding stuff that we learn in English, because he, because he also uh, speaks in English, and he's with RTS right now. And so, yeah, we, we were, I think, the two uh, coming up, and we were lucky enough, him and I, to have uh, high-profile athletes uh, reaching out to us. Uh, and what's funny is the first athletes that reached out to us were international athletes. Like Naomi was back then already a European uh, contender. And so she was seeing what the Americans were doing or what the this and that were doing. And she was like, okay, maybe what I'm doing regarding my training isn't the right way. And so maybe I'll try to do new stuff. And so we were lucky that high people that were looked up to, uh, believed in us in the way that we wanted to change things. And so I think it really uh, helped things to go way faster for us as a, how can I say coaches and also like to give new vibes into the programming in France, at least.
1: Cause it is like, you're right. Look it. Um, the truth is it's not even if, if you coach someone directly anymore, we see that all the time, on social media, people are watching, people are taking ideas. So when you take like this, this knowledge that you have and you start converting it into French, and now you're putting it on social media, it's only not just your own. You're putting on because Naomi, Leah. I mean, there's like YouTube channels now. I see Naomi doing Q and As. Like they're doing Q and As in French. They're doing YouTube yep. long format in French. Um, I mean, there's obviously Instagram, etc. All in French. So the information now isn't even like all right. You don't even have to straight up be coached by by yourself. But you just yeah, have definitely. to be just be aware follow you follow your athletes and this information is now being provided to the rest of france so people are taking these ideas and like oh well, this is different now i could start digesting some of this you know yeah yeah definitely yeah
0: have you yeah and one thing that you you said that really bugged in uh, when you when you say uh, i don't know if bug is the right word sorry but like i was like oh yeah definitely because people that know me know that i like specificity like high specificity specificity training like um during the podcast you did with noemi and leah they both said that they don't do anything pretty much besides a squad bench the lift or a close variations and that's the way i i coach basically and obviously i individualize and if i reach an athlete if an, an athlete reach out reaches out that he likes doing other stuff i'll probably program other stuff but when an athlete comes in and is like, okay, I can do SBD all day, all week, uh, all year round, I'm like, okay, cool, let's go. And so I see more and more people doing this because prior to that in France, people believed that if you do two squats a week, you're overtrained, you, can't, you can not train more than two weeks like that and then, or you get injured, or if you do and you make progress, then you're on something. It was really basic, like, wow. if you do more than two squats, two squats a week, man, no, no, you, don't definitely, you definitely don't want to do it. You, you'll overtrain, et cetera, et cetera. And so now what I see is people don't get scared to try, to try things out. You know, try two squats a week, three squats a week, four benches, five benches, whatever. And so at some point I was like saying to everybody, I had a program where I think for almost two months, I didn't get a day off. Like I was training every day for two months yeah. and I was doing a top set at 150 bench, 150 kilos bench at that time, every day. Every Holy day I was shit. doing my, my it is, 150 kilo bench.
1: And is this also to like prove a point where you're like- Yeah,
0: definitely. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I, I I really wasn't like, okay, that's what you want, you have to do if you want to be the best or whatever. Not at all. It was like, you can do it, you can recover, you can yeah. have progress and you it's, look, I'm not dead. I can still bench, I made some progress, etc. And it was really to show people really Guys, don't get overthrown by, by those ideas that if you do this, you'll overtrain, or if you don't do that, you'll never make progress. It's really way more individualized than that.
1: You know what? It's it's um That reminds me of that saying, don't judge my actions if you don't understand my reasons and intentions. So if someone yeah. saw you, if someone saw you benching every fucking day, hitting 150 kilo, whatever a kilo, and they'd be like, man, that's crazy. This guy doesn't know what he's doing with coaching, or whatever. And you'd be like... You don't know my reasons, my intentions. You don't know my position, my situation. I was fighting old stigmas from the old guard. And I had to like almost burn this bad boy down and start (laughs) up. So to break down (laughs) these stereotypes, I did what I had to. You know, I did what I had to do. Whatever. If someone sees you do that day in, day out for two months straight, and then you throw your hands up and you're like, I'm still doing it. Okay, did I make my
0: point? Can I stop now and go back to my normal training? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, there were a lot of people saying that, oh, man, uh, in one year or two years, I won't see you around. You'll be all beat up and uh, injured, uh, impossible to train, et cetera. And I'm like, okay, look, I'm healthy. I can still hit some nice numbers and I'm fine. And Leah is fine and Noemi is fine. And really, to be honest, I think Leah probably has the most brutal training program that I program with all my athletes because she wants it, she recovers from it and she becomes better. So I think it's really a matter of what can you tolerate as an individual uh, with your given circumstances and what she can tolerate. Probably I wouldn't, maybe you wouldn't, or Mm -hmm. maybe we can find someone that can double it and still make some progress. So it's really depending on the individual, but that's really one thing. I think in France, we had like really hard troubles to in order to understand is it. like training it's so it's so individual and we had you know these programs that probably i have it again on my laptop and it, it was sent to you by email and it was like a, a spreadsheet and you had to type your max your yes. your intended intended yeah, max dude. in four or eight weeks and it was giving you like what had you do what you had to do and it was like so standard standardized and normalized and i was like no man that's definitely not how it, not how it works and. I really wanted to prove that to people. And I think nowadays in France, it's well established and now nobody fears of doing something because uh, another old coach or whatever would say, nah, that's not how you make progress. Now everybody's way more free. And I think it's really where, like you said, the French are coming. It's because we had uh, like chains on us for so many months and years of people believing that they knew everything and, if you don't do it, then you'll injure or whatever. And now we're, we're thinking by our, ourselves and not being afraid to do what we think will get us stronger. And if we succeed, that's fine. If we fail, then we'll come back six months later stronger and sharper. And I think that's what changed.
1: You know, it's, uh, it's funny how some people, this is like a total fallacy when you're in a debate with somebody and they're like, and you're like, look it, man, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing with myself. Look what I'm doing with all my clients. Look what these these girls are doing. And it's that fallacy where it's like, okay, you're right now, but you'll be wrong later. Well, maybe, mm. maybe not. But neither one of us know that. Mm. that. That how am I gonna win that argument if you're like, okay, but in three years, now, yeah. How am I gonna prove that shit right now? Or you? Yeah. That's the weirdest <laughs> yeah. argument, right? Like, well, yeah. Talking three years, probably not, bro. We're well, probably not. you you're gonna fade away. You're a dinosaur but (laughs) yeah
0: yeah and and to be honest i i I didn't get any more messages from those individuals which is funny because you know three years ago they were like oh you'll see you'll see and now uh, i'm still waiting
1: is there is there pushback from any of like the old guard when you come up here it is you could there's someone who could be around for 10 years and this was his jam in france he was a big or or she in france Hmm. could have been a big fish small pond and, um, and they're running because there's a barrier and nobody's really going outside of France in terms of training, etc. Guy like oh. you comes around, kiboshes everything they say, and you've got this new frame. And all of a sudden, in a few years, everybody's talking about Penne and his girls and you guys are smashing these weights. You guys are in all these showdowns coming up and everyone's all hot on it on social media. Do you feel any kind of pushback by some people who are like, not, you know they're, they're not happy about how, how this is going or is it i'm sure it's mostly positive or how you feel
0: yeah yeah it's definitely mostly positive because uh i think uh we are lucky enough to have like i think Leah noemi and sam and sam is Samantha but we call her sam and whatever uh, they're so positive individuals like they they're not just phenomenal athletes they're also you know Role models, I think, for a lot of people, like whether it be girls or or guys, or whatever. And so, I think it's also their character and their uh, the way they behave, which is, in my opinion, how every high level athlete should behave. You know, you have a certain standard to, to show up to, and I think it really helps. And people are looking it from a really good eye. They're like, okay, so what are these these girls doing that make them so strong, but also so humble and so, you know, positive, and uh, they have the ability to, to self-reflect a lot, etc. And I think it's, way, yeah, mostly positive, uh, and because a lot of, of people looking and training want to be in their position, you know, being the one reposted, being the one smashing world records or whatever. So I think it's mostly positive, but I have, you know, maybe one or two bad messages. But what's funny is like three years ago, they were like only old coaches and now they're only young coaches. Like it's almost we, we switched places and if now if we see somebody with an old program, maybe we will be the ones to talk shit, but <laughs> not that much, but maybe it will change.
1: Dude, this is what happens in every industry. The young eat the old. That's, that's just mm. the way she goes, man. It's, yeah. you know, it, it's going to happen when you, when you first reached out and you're taking these, you know, classes and programs and ex, et cetera, through RTS and T and, and researching more and more, Were you like, cause I remember when I first got into powerlifting and in, uh, reading about it and be like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And you start just digesting this information, like a hungry person who's eating for the first time. You're like, Holy shit. And you just can't stop gobbling this up. And and you're excited and you're doubling back to people in France being like, hey, whoa, this is, did you, like, what was your reaction when you first started diving into this material? With like RPE and auto regulation and like terms of technique and how to properly program and all this stuff. When you first started diving into it, like was, was, is your, was your English always good enough that you always understood what you're taking on? And when you were taking it on, were you like, oh, damn, this is going to be a game changer for us?
0: Yeah. Yeah, my English, my English was at this level because when I was in the high school, I had a crazy, crazy, crazy teacher. And I, I, I was in to have her for two years. And so for two years, I had like, five or six hours of homework to do only for english classes and oh, so shit. back then i was cursing her really badly and now she's like my my hero so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's like, i don't remember her now. name but she's my virgin of power listing yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so yeah i was already able to understand pretty much everything and so yeah what what struck me the most when i read and and listen to a lot of uh, things that Mike T was doing uh, was man it was it was really so much room for creativity so much room for uh, individualization and back then I really wasn't aware of the big principles of programming etc but in my head it was always. Uh, because I was doing law, and in law you have to individualize every law that you take for an individual, etc. So in my mind, it was really always the case. Like you can't just take something and say, okay, it applies to everybody. It, you have to, to you know, find ways to 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 direct things around, etc. And it was wrong for me when people were like, okay, you have to do it this way, this way, and not this way. And so when I read the um, video, the, when I watched, I, I remember the first video I watched, it was on YouTube, and I think it still is today, and it was like a one hour something um, um, video of Mike at, at, a, uh, at a seminar, I think it was, something like that. And I remember watching this video, uh, right after calling uh, Corentin, and talking to him like for three hours. And we were like, man, this is crazy. Man, we can do this, we can do that. Oh man, boy, what me. if we do this? And so, and and to, to tell you, uh, back then, Corentin was training twelve times a week.
1: Oh, what? Twelve, or yeah, seven 12 days? times a week? Yeah, days a week. Yeah, yeah. God, no, it'd be better if you go. You know how hard he works. He trains. <laughs> he trains eight days a week. Do you believe that? <laughs> yeah. Eight days a week,
0: bro. You want to be a champion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, yeah, he was. he was, he was training like twice a, a day for some days. That's crazy. And so he was training 40 times a week. And so he was like, okay, I'll, so I'll, do this, I'll do this and I was like, okay, but yeah, I think I'll probably do this and that. And so we had so, so many ideas and we did um, a, a conversation group on uh, uh, Facebook and we were talking all the time on it, like, okay, we, you, we can do this or we can do that. And we were, you know, exchanging ideas. And so at one point, uh, it was my birthday, and Noemi, Leah, and some other of my friends uh, bought me the classrooms uh, on RTS. And so back then, it was the step up. I was like, okay, I have so much more information that I can play with. And so it, it, it really was like a big game. We were like, okay... We were like bird, birds in cages for so many months, etc. And we were so frustra- frustrated and we we're like, okay, now it's showtime. We we do whatever we want. And it was rough. At some point it was it was crazy, it was becoming bad because I, I remember I was squatting four times a week, then lifting five times a week, benching every day. Oh, yeah, yeah. We we had to we had to stop somewhere. Live
1: and learn, right? You gotta live and learn. You got to try. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I definitely, we definitely tried a lot of things. And yeah. I think uh, it really helped a lot of people in France. Not, not necessarily in what we did, but just that we were doing things. We were trying things out. We were trying sumo. I was pulling conventional back then. I was trying sumo, hook grip. I was trying. And so hook grip wasn't a thing in, in France. I remember Corentin was the first one to to pull hook grip, and every, everybody was like, "No, that's not how you do. You you invert one hand and you do the other one." And he was like, "No, you can hook grip your sumo. It's a thing." And so, yeah, a lot of things that we that we were doing, like uh, run back run back deadlifting or something like that. When I was deadlifting, people were stopping, uh, and you know they were trying to they were faking a phone call in order to film me, and so yeah it was brutal man it was really brutal and now everybody is way cooler with this so.
1: it's it's wild how i mean i love everyone should experience in their life find something you get so excited about when you first get it you hop on the phone with your boy and you talk for like three hours afterwards like, yeah. oh my god dude you should see this and you're going back and forth like oh like that's that's, man, that's one of the beautiful things in life, right? When you find something and you're, there's nothing better than learning and getting better at something and being excited about possibilities, right? Yeah. When it, it hasn't even happened yet, but the possibilities is like, oh, yeah. you know, that's what keeps you yeah. up. Like the, the fulfillment, it will get there because obviously we know the story ends pretty good for all you guys, but... Um, it's the possibility to when it first starts you're like oh we don't even know this is about to happen you getting excited with your friend about it so once you this once you started just diving in here and, and you blow the doors open on your knowledge so now you got all this knowledge how did you turn around and you know from Leah to, how did you meet Leah naomi sam and start it's almost like um like neo in the matrix when he downloads all these have you seen The Matrix? Yeah, yeah. Okay. What he downloads like, oh, wow. now I know Kung Fu. And <laughs> shit like that, right? <laughs> and you're downloading all the stuff. So you have all this knowledge, and you're kind of like, I have so much, and this is going to change the game for us. How did you start getting people on board with you? Because they don't know yet. They don't know everything you know yet. And um and pushing this information out there. And how did the ball start rolling like that?
0: Um so I think the first thing is like for myself because everybody knows uh, that I coach myself and the thing that I was I, I made progress and solid progress over the years. I think it really helped in order to show that what I was doing with myself regarding my programming was working and I was fine, etc. Um, because I from my first meet because i i saw that you were posting first meet of individuals and i was like okay so how was my first meet so my first meet was i think it was 500 k- uh, kilos at 74 kilo body weight and um, so my last meet i did la- last uh, saturday was 690 at 66 so i took like almost 200 kilos on my toe by dropping a weight class yeah so i think that was the really uh, first big thing and so it got me some attention and then i'll, I'll say it out loud it was uh, noemi's boyfriend and he's a judo uh, teacher uh, um, uh jujitsu teacher etc and he he's like super intense with everything that he does he's super intense and so he was looking at the story, stories, the post I was making on Instagram. And he was, he was talking to Naomi, who, uh, and she was looking for a new coach. And he was like, you have to take this guy because he wants, he, he he's hungry. Like you said, I was hungry as hell and I'm still, I still am. But yeah. he, because he was hungry as well regarding his judo, jiu-jitsu, he knew that I was hungry regarding my powerlifting. And so he pushed her, uh, to, to contact me and we talked and, and she agreed to to believe in me for her programming and it was harsh because we had like only I think it was two months before uh, Europeans so it was uh, it was hard you know it wasn't like okay we have eight months to try things and, yeah. and to fail and then to succeed etc it was really we have to succeed right now because Europeans is coming and so I remember talking to her and she had some ideas about what she was capable of doing, and we talked, we talked. And then when uh, Euros happened, she like blew out. She, what she wanted to hit at the end of her career, career she, she hit it at Euros. <laughs> and so she was like, Whoa well, we can do this, like that. And, and so it was crazy. Like, she was high bar squatting. Uh, she was, and and her, her coach like forbid her to do low bar because uh, for him that's not how you do it. And I was like, okay, but have you tried low bar? How does it feel? And so just by switching to low bar, she gained, like, I, I can't remember, maybe 10 or 15 kilos on her squat. Same with bench, we increased the frequency. And so, with and yeah, so she blew up. And so I think that was a, a big thing for me because everybody knew that I was working with her and that she hit something big. And back then she was, I think, she probably was the biggest uh, Wilkes uh, powerlifter in France uh, oh, back then. And so it gave me some, you know, credibility and and also some people to acknowledge. And then, uh, so I had uh, other clients and I was working, everything was all right. And then at the end of Nationals, uh, not this uh, not this year, uh, last year, Leah reached, reached out and she was like, okay, I'd like to work with you now. And so I was freaked out because I knew that what kind of stress you have when you get, when you have to coach uh, high profile athletes like, uh, Noemi, Leah and so on. And so I think, yeah, it really also helped me a lot, um, in order to establish, uh, what I was doing. And so Leah reached out because she, she, she was friends with Noemi and Noemi told her, okay, Pan is working nice. Uh, he's, uh, careful with his athletes. Uh, and so, yeah. So I think, yeah, it really all started with Naomi believing in me for uh, her first Europeans with me, working together. And then from then, it became it's,
1: where. Yeah, it came where you're at. It's funny how <clears throat> game recognized game with um, Naomi's boyfriend who does judo, jiu-jitsu, and he's an intense dude. And, and he powerlifts as well, right? Yeah, definitely.
0: He's um, crazy. He's crazy about powerlifting as well.
1: Is he? Yeah. So then yeah, yeah. you could see how some people, how they know, like he might've looked around at the old powerlifting guard and he might've even told himself at times, look at I do other sports and the the level of training we take it with other sports, it's not happening right now. And you can probably tell, like you could tell when certain sports are like, you guys are in stone ages. What what is going on here? Sometimes you talk to other sports and you see them do weight training and you're like, who the fuck is your weight training coach? What is going on with this sport, (laughs) right? Certain sports fall behind a little. So when he saw you come back and seen in your Instagram, your stories and seen like the research you're doing and you're talking about the research you're doing, etc., You can, yeah, man, you will have people be like, look, I don't know everything this guy's doing, but he is ambitious. You can just tell when someone's ambitious. You can tell when somebody's like expanding and and researching and open to expanding more. And you're like, this guy is going to be the guy that's going to take us to the next level. You know, you you have to be, if you go to a guy who thinks he already knows it all, like the old guard sounds like they're probably like that. And they think they already know it all and they're not expanding past that. This is the level you're going to be at. If you go to a guy who's like, I am not stopping. I'm learning every day and holy shit. Am I excited about it? Hit your wagon up to that guy. Hit your wagon up to that horse. Cause you guys are fucking going, you know, there's no stopping. Right. So I can see why that would happen. And uh, how, once you get your first start, it's funny how you said, Naomi's like, here are the numbers I want by the time I retire. And you're like, all right, we'll see what happens. She fucking crushes that in the first competition how hilarious it would be if she's like, all right, peace, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I, guess that. I guess that's it. I guess <laughs> that's it. I guess I'm then. I guess we're yeah. fucking done then,
0: right? That was yeah. That. yeah. But, you know, she, back then she already was in the national team. And in my opinion, what she said at that time shows exactly what, what we were talking about uh, from the beginning on this podcast. It's really like they were ending low. I'm, I'm not saying in a negative way. But they were like okay we are there maybe in two years we can be there they're not like okay maybe in two years oh yeah definitely we can be there but we can also be there what it takes is uh resource uh research as well uh knowledge and um, uh, you have to be ambitious you have to be creative you, you have to to look out for everything and it's it's really a work that wasn't done uh mm-hmm. in france like definitely not and when I first talked with Noemi, I was like, okay, uh, you're squatting high bar. Have you tried low bar? And she's like, no. My coach says no. And her coach was, I think, something uh, regarding national team, etc. cetera. And so I was like, okay, why? Just why, <laughs> why? man? Yeah. Well, just, because, just because you don't love low bar, you're like, okay, not not a single athlete that I coach will, will do low bar. I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. It, it was crazy. frustrating. Yeah. It it was really frustrating. And I was like, I I know one or two guys that were super strong uh, juniors um, back then. I think there was one in 2016 or 15, 16. I think it was in Killeen, Texas. Was it 16?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The guy was a junior, 74. And I think he squatted 250 or 255 back then. Yeah. Back then, it it wasn't like nowadays with 74 squatting 280. It it, it wasn't the case. Yeah. It was like 74s were squatting 220 when they were stru- strong. and I think probably Taylor was squatting 240, 250-ish, something like that.. Yeah. And the guy was a junior and he was squatting 250 as a junior. Shit. And I'm like, man, if this guy if, if back then they, were, they had the ambition to you know, to become better coaches, not believe that they believed everything they knew everything and look just at what was doing around. I'm like, man, maybe back then we, we've already had stars uh, in place nowadays. You know what that, I mean? And that's frustrating a lot.
1: It, it's, it's, um, yeah, you're 100% right. And it's, it's not just like, so you can have hard work in terms of grinding when you get under the bar. You can have people who are like, I'll oh, get under that bar. You know, you tell me six days a week, I'll do six days a week. But what it took was somebody who's like, To get me to the next level and everyone else to the next level, I can't do just six days a week under the bar. I got to do, like, classroom. I got to go back to school. You got to, like, research. That's some different shit. That's some shit to some people. In in a language, and not your first language either. In a a language that isn't your first language. You just got to figure things out. It takes, like, a special, honestly, it would take a special person to do that. But somebody's got to do it. So now, you do it, and you start getting some people who are like, like, Naomi comes forward then then leia and all of a sudden some things are happening for you and um going into the sweden so mm. things were happening for you obviously on a, on the at the national level um at the europeans but going into sweden did you have an idea we're gonna we're gonna make a statement and some people are gonna be talking about it. it's like you did because you told me but did you realize did you realize it was gonna be like this where, cause it, it, we ha- we're not even at the next world championships yet. So we had Sweden and then we had the European championships and your girls crushed it all over again. And, and a lot of the fellas did as well. And now like Americans and Canadians and people all over the world are reposting these, these French lifters are like, holy shit, what's going on in France? I seen Joey Flex who was like rep- who posted yeah, yeah. one of the girls and was like, what the fuck is going on in France? What's going on right now? Guess, guess <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> <Guess the fuck>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you, want, you want a funny story just for the podcast yeah okay Love. so joey joey flex uh so he made a post and i think he was uh, for noemi squad and he was like um this is getting ridiculous but you know in a good way yeah, and so no, noemi's english is so poor and she texted me like what did you say and she was like <laughs> Getting angry-ish, you know. She was like, what did you say? She, it... Thought it <laughs> yeah, she, she thought it was an insult. Yeah, she thought it was an insult. You know
1: what? It's funny. Is um, I forget, I was, there was a guy from Quebec was holding the nationals one year and I messaged him um, and he's like the meet director in Quebec. So he's primarily French speaking about like, did he get my money? In the same shit. He thought I was saying, yo, you took my money? And he was like, Ryan, I swear to God, he would messaged me back, and he had like screenshots of his freaking like bank, and I was like, "Holy shit, I think I accidentally threatened this man." And I was like,
0: what? Yes, yeah, it, this, it was exactly the same. I, this, I was I was training, and so she sent me the um, the story, and she was like, "Oh, did you read it?" And I was like, "Yeah, that's super cool." And she was like, "What is super cool?" She he's saying he's ridic- I'm ridiculous, and I'm like, "No, yeah. no, not at all." No,
1: no. no. no it's like, <laughs> man, this is ridiculous. No, yeah, it's yes, it's yes. good it's um and even like for instance on naomi when i posted naomi i think it was uh fuck i think it might have been joe stanick from uh the strength athlete who's like a big coach with the strength athlete like bryce lewis's coaching services was like holy shit i think the squat world record might get broken in the 52s and then heather connor comes in is like i fucking told you and and like <laughs> and these are just like Big name people in the US who were like talking about the French team and be like, holy, what's going on right now? Because I see this when I post, I check out the comments and stuff. And you could see, and Tony Cliff, God bless him, from the UK, yeah. who loves to troll me, is like, yeah, yeah. Is like well, you moved on from the 74s and now you're all over the French <laughs> girls. <laughs>
0: yeah, I remember those comments. It was, it was I should, hilarious.
1: I should have been like, only because the 74 is their coach. that's why that's 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 where you didn't know that
0: he didn't know well
1: 74 is a coach so I'm good with these French girls but uh Blake did you how wild is it to think this all started with you just being like there's got to be more and then in your wildest dream which and we're just starting my friend this is the first this is the first year of everybody recognizing I posted up on King of Lists, um saying look at if we start adding up the points with the women's French women's and I, I showed, like, you know, a couple of these ladies. Uh, Caroline, is that her name? The yeah. Okay. Caroline as well. The a lady who's 84 plus who's meddling in worlds and, and Europeans and shit. And, um, and I was like, if we start adding up points, team points, do the math. And if the U.S. doesn't send everybody to Belarus or if a couple people have a bad day, you do the math yeah. here. Things can happen. I'm not, I'm not giving predictions yet because I have to, like – for real crunch the numbers, but on the surface, it's like, holy shit, this is, this isn't, you know, fairy tales. this is real, this is real. Yeah. And would you have thought, and this is look at, like people are reading this and walking away being like, okay, I guess we gotta look at the French team a little differently now. And did you, would you ever have thought, back when you were signed up for these classrooms and they were buying for your birthday, they're like, we're buying you a classroom to, about powerlifting which is the biggest powerlifting nerd story i've ever heard but that's <laughs> hilarious that's hilarious and i you, was really happy you, with that you yeah, guys are adorable I dude that is adorable but, but um it worked look at can i say something that's like yeah. when a boyfriend buys his girlfriend for her birthday lingerie because it's really for him when, when, <laughs> yes, you're, when you're when you're when your client's Buy you yes. like the RTS classroom and shit. They're like, alright, well it's kinda cool, but I'm really helping you guys are buying yourself something as well. But whatever. Whatever. But um, yeah, would you have ever thought that like looking ahead, holy smokes man? Like everyone's gonna be talking about this. This is gonna be big. You you stopped me in the hallway to be like my man. Did you think afterwards? Like this is crazy.
0: Because I knew the numbers they were gonna hit to be honest. Well, this is bigger. This be honest... is
1: big enough. Everyone's talking about it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I won't play the man and say, oh yeah, I, I knew uh, uh, from day one, etc. No, I really didn't knew from day one, didn't know from day one. I, I really was hungry and I still am. And I know these ladies are, and I know it's not just about, uh, those ladies. We also have, uh, some guys that are hungry in France. And I think it's really, um, we are, uh, we, we are close to each other, like a lot. Uh, whether it be the the national team or a, a pretty much every powerlifter in france pretty much everybody knows everybody mm. uh, which is probably not the case in the us i guess but in france is the case and we really have this energy like we we all want to be on, on top you know we all, we all want to be the next guy or whatever and so i knew that i wasn't happy with what i had back then that i i knew that i wanted for more and i could do more whether it be me as an athlete or me as a coach with the athletes that I was working with. And so, yeah, it really happened faster than what I expected, to be honest, because I, I know that I, I really don't push limits either on myself or the athletes that I coach. And sometimes when I, when I tell numbers, when I was talking about numbers with Leah, she was like, no, you're crazy. And I'm like, no, you you can do it. And she was <laughs> like, no, nah, maybe not yet. It's it's too early. And to be honest with you, I think she she... Now it's, it's, it's switching around. Like now she, we are on the same page. Like when she did her mock meet with me, uh, Saturday, I thought she, she was able to hit a certain number and she thought too. So I think it's going to be better from, from now on uh, and for annoying me as well. But back then it was really me pushing, like, you can do this. Like, I really don't have any, any doubt that you can be at the level with the Americans or the Canadians or whatever, and it's it's really simple. Like, you go there, you do a squat, then you do a bench, then you do a deadlift, you have a total, you're there, you know. But I think people tend to to make it more difficult than it really is. Like, you go there, you do three squats, three benches, three deadlifts, that's it. You're there. And in the case of Leah or Noemi, you're a world podium or European champion or world record total holder, holder and it really... It really, but, yeah, I, I didn't believe that we would be there as a team this fast.
1: And it's, it's got to be – so when you, <laughs> when you did lay down before the world championships and you were like, oh, my girls are about to do some battle. It's about to go down. Do you feel more nervous sometimes when they're about to go than even when you're about to? Because here's the difference. In life – look, this is life in general if you can control it and it's in your hands to control, it's a lot easier to wrap your head around. And they actually tell you if you can't control something, like, can you do something about it? No, let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Let, let it be. Um, you got to make peace with it. But it's a little different when it comes to coaching because you are in complete control all the way up to, they put their trust in you. They're like, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. So you have such control and it's, you all over like you're if it doesn't isn't a good day you lose clients and that that was bad so then mm. the day of comes and finally you have like it's not you at all you're just like well i hope you're it's such it's so hard to watch and you're like holy yeah. shit well here we go <laughs> here we go then right and, yeah and how was that when you're watching Naomi and Leah, who both medaled at the world championships and did amazing. And, and obviously the, the story ends good. But at the time, were you like, the day before, I know the week before you were talking to be confident, day before and day out, yeah. were you like, holy shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, first, I really try to always, I think what's really powerful with uh, emerging strategies and RTS, it's really, it's all about the athlete. Like the coach is there, he's a guidance, but it's really all about the athlete. So when I when I do a, I know when I know it's the last block or a, a taper or whatever, I, I call every athlete that I work with, and especially with uh, high-profile athletes, uh, uh, whether it be four worlds or nationals or whatever. So I call them all the time, and we talk, and I say, okay, look, I have this idea, this idea. How do you feel about it? And so we we make an agreement. So it's not it's definitely not me saying you do this and it will be fine. It's me saying, okay, I have this idea. Do you agree? And I think it will work for this and this reason. And are you with me? And she says, yeah, then we're both together, you know. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's really important to to switch it that way. And so just to give you an example with Leah this past Saturday, we We did one week of training less than what we do usual usual usually we do six weeks of training and then competition and now we did five and then competition and so I called her, and I was like, "Okay, Leah, I think it can work for this and this reason and so she was like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, I agree, and let's go we'll we'll do this so it's important I think for me because like you said it's not just me I really want to make them feel entitled and make they make them realize that they're in control as well we're both in control so so it, it, it also helps me out because I'm like okay so they agreed so if this fuck up then I'm good <laughs> so, <laughs> you're
1: like, you're, you're like, you're like- Two drunk guys and you're like, I put you put your hand on the wheel. I put my hand on the wheel. Hey, whatever the fuck happens. Yeah, we're in this together, right? Yeah. We're yeah, going yeah. down yeah, together. Definitely. I love it. I love yeah. it. You know, so, it. It does make sense too where you're like, they buy in too. If you're yeah, like, because yeah. so, they believe now. As opposed to, mm. here's what we're going to do. And they're just like, I don't know. And if you approach, like you go into a squad, you're like, I don't fucking know. You're probably not going to get it. It needs to be like, what do you think? Let's do this together. What's an, I'm thinking yeah. this, you think that, and you work your way through it.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you said, uh, the buy-in effect is super important. And also I think for like 99.9% of athletes at their level, they know something about their level. You know what I mean? So they know how to make their squad better, etc. So I think I'm, way, I'm more a, um, a second brain on the case. You know, it's like you have a, a case, and you have one set of eye and one brain, and you have another set of eye and another set of another brain. Mm. So I think it's you, you see more the things way more clear. And to be honest, I think 99.9% of the time we agree. Like this phone call isn't that it's a, essential uh, for the idea, but I think it's really important regarding our relationship as a as a coach uh, athlete. So so it's it's always the, the case, uh, and so. Yeah. We, we make a plan and they agree and I'm okay with that. And so we go on. And so regarding the stress, um, so what happens is it's always the same scenario. Noemi is first when Noemi is, uh, competing, I'm making my best for my cut. So I'm always looking at Noemi's, uh, squat bench deadlift in my bathroom with, in my bathtub with my phone. Yeah. And so my girlfriend is always there with uh, Noemi, and so we talk with the phone, and I'm like, okay, how is she feeling, etc. So for Noemi, to be honest, it's it's stressful, but I'm already stressed out by something yeah. else, and so it leaves me yeah, because yeah. every you, time it, it just happens, you, tonight, so. you know, yeah, it, it, you're it, going yeah. through
1: you're going through hell, and you're, you're yeah. like, like, please God, let this be over. But then you you have something in your face that distracts you, where you're like, all right, well, this is. Pleasant surprise
0: from yeah, definitely
1: be going through hell like I'm doing. Makes and, sense. And
0: so she she's always competing nice. So I'm always like, oh yeah, she did a three or three a three and three on squad. Yeah, a new peer, etc. So it's it's always nice. Then I hit the platform, and then I'm like, okay, now it's my turn to hit the platform. And sometimes Leah is like right after me or the next day, and I'm like, okay, so Noemi did great. Now it's my turn and then it's Leah's turn and I'm like okay I have to show Leah that what we're doing is working because yeah. Noemi did fine so I have to do fine as well just in order to you know to tell her don't worry it'll be fine and so uh, the two times it happened I fucked up <laughs> so, <laughs> so then it's always Leah who like uh, in order to cheer me up you know she just <laughs> overperforms, and she's like see you're, na- you're uh, the best coach and listen. so it always happened, this, and I really have, I have a photo of Leah's um, squat at Worlds, and so she signed it to me, and so on the back, she's like, just to remind you, you're the best coach or something like that, so dude, it's dude, so okay. much no.
1: you know what you should have did? You should have said yeah. afterwards, you're like, after she did so well, you'd be like, listen, can I be honest? I fucking, I fucked that up on purpose for you, because <laughs> I knew, because I knew it would raise you up. It raises your game. You see what I, I sacrificed my performance at the World Championships for you.
0: That's yeah, what I did. yeah, definitely. That's what yeah. I did. Definitely. And, and it happened as well on Saturday because I, I was first. Like, I did my third squat uh, before she uh, – no, no. um what was it? No, for the deadlifts. it was sure. Like, I did my third deadlift before hers. And I was like, okay, I, I have to do it for my turtle. But I also have to do it just to show her that – I succeeded, so she has to succeed as well, so she always puts me some some pressure and it's really nice because it also lifts me up a lot because i I, tr- I try to see this from both perspectives either as a coach or an athlete, and so they both really inspire me because they're phenomenal uh lifters and human beings as well, but also lifters and I'm like, okay, so if they perform I gotta perform so mm. it's it's I think it's really a positive. Stress feeling. It's not like I, I'm, not shaker, I'm not shivering. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, what if? What if? I, I really do believe in them a hundred percent, and I believe also in our programming. So yeah, I really am not that stressed out uh, before a competition.
1: I mean, stress only means you got. I don't know if this translates well. This could be. It's we say skin in the game. It just means you care. If you don't, yeah, if you yeah. don't have some stress, you're not going to. You're not forced to improve. You need to feel pressure. You need to feel stress. So you're like, we got to figure this out. I got to get better. I got to elevate my game. This isn't going to work. So stress is a good thing when you show up. And um, yeah, it forces you to expand yourself as an athlete, as a coach, whatever. The net, When you go next time and you compete and it's the official, if you got a really good day and it's because previously you've had some shitty days and Leah did well. And Leah's like, what happened? Be like, Cause I think you're
0: ready. <laughs> I, I, think you're,
1: I think you're ready to see what I can do. And you do,
0: I'll definitely do it. Okay. This is all for you. Act
1: it. like you planned it all for like three years. <laughs> for like three years, every competition was all planned out. Like you'd be, be like, I almost bombed at worlds for you. Okay? It was, It was a lesson I was trying to teach you.
0: <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, and- uh, yeah, and what happened is at first few rows, she almost bombed out oh, wow. on her squat uh, for depth. And then at Worlds, I almost bombed out on squat for depth. And so probably next time we'll switch things Se- around again.
1: Simon, that's how you correct her. You know what I'm Yeah, you am yeah. you're, you're like, let me show you how deep you, you don't want to stop at. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let, me get, let me rattle you, get you so scared. You're like, oh shit, I better sink these deeper. And then you got, I- off, you got off the platform and you were like, see? Do you see? <laughs> she's like, yes, okay. I think,
0: I think she's making me a favor every time. She's like, okay, so I, I want to cheer, cheer him up and show him that he's a good coach, so I'll perform. So, yeah, a, I, I don't. I definitely think there's a little bit of that in her mind as well. Like,
1: so how did you feel, though, like saying this, for sure, it's going to cheer you up, but after Worlds was done, when you look back, were you like, oh, damn, this lived up. This lived up, man
0: really I, 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 if, I, if I came to you and said it I was sure it, it was going to happen so um, when I said it I was like okay, nothing wrong can come from it I know that you're a great guy and I know you love you know, sportsmanship his uh, stories about lifters going back to back etc and it, that's why I did it otherwise I wouldn't have done it but I was like okay so I think this story he, he liked this story because he, he, he doesn't see it coming. And I know that you like some good underdog story like we yeah. all do. And yeah. so I was like, okay, so I'll give it I'll give it to him. So I, I really I really didn't doubt back then that both of them would do it because, you know, regarding our sport, you know pretty much what an athlete can do and so you know what pretty much everybody else is doing. And so obviously when you go for third, there's no way you can place eighth. Um, besides a, a bomb out or a bad day or whatever. But yeah, so um, I really didn't believe it, it It could happen otherwise than what happened.
1: And how did you end up meeting <laughs> Samantha who honestly is absolutely lighting it up. People cannot believe what Samantha Eugene is doing, what Sam's doing. She is like at 17 years old. She did it. I think it was her, her one mock meet total 496 kilo mm. I like I, I I kid you not a couple years earlier Jen Thompson who is the greatest 63 kilo champion we've ever had was winning with like I think they were just getting into the 500 kilo mark now in like Sweden is winning mm. it. so she's at 17 doing what the greatest of all time was doing during her run winning all these world championships at 17 she's already there and if it's, I swear to God, it's like every single time she goes into the, in, like uh, into the gym, she smashes some weights. I'm, I'm all eyes on her. I'm like, oh fuck, did oh Sam went in the gym today? I gotta check out what she's posting because it's just gonna be something crazy. And everybody is like, everybody can't get enough of it because of the, the excitement. You know, it's funny when I watch her videos when she deadlifts. It's almost like she can't believe it herself. something. She like puts the bar down it's like, yeah, yeah. she's like jumping around like, you know, that youthful exuberance. But she's mm. like, I remember after her squatting one time, racking it and she was like, holy shit, I did it. Like, what is happening? Like, and like, we're, she can't believe what's going on right now. And um, so how did you wind up meeting Samantha? How did that happen?
0: Um, we're we're uh, both in the same club. Uh, Like I told you earlier in France, if you want to compete, you have to be in the club. Mm -hmm. And we were both in the same club because um, uh, when she started, she was already super strong. Definitely not at the level that she is right now, but she was starting like super strong. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when we started, we were like, okay, um, we opened the club for people that were in the case that I was prior to that. You know, when I was in the club where everybody was pushing me down like, uh, yeah, you can do this. You can do that, etc. So with Conta, we were like, okay, we have to open up a club where every athlete that that's bored and that can't take it anymore from those old guys can come in and just join. And oh, so some joined. This is just Yeah, it's your ours. Team. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's ours. And so some joined the club actually. And so I met her at a few competition. Uh, and I remember the the first time I met her. To be honest, I was like, okay, yes, she's super strong, but. I definitely didn't believe that she would be at the level that she is right now. To and be honest, I'm bland,
1: dog, dog, I don't blame you. There's, if you would tell me, if you would have told me this time last year that she'd be doing this, I'd be like, come on, man. <laughs> All
0: right, you were, you were
1: right with Naomi and Leia, but this is crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would be, uh, um, I would, I would be able to to see the future right. in order to predict something that big. Right. And so. And so, yeah, we, we met, and so back then I was already really uh, really super, um, how can I say, in awe with what she was doing, because I know her, um, her life, like she, it's, it's really a trip to go to the gym, mm. because she doesn't have a car, she takes her uh, little, um, how, how, do you, how do you say, uh, you know, the thing where you push with one feet, oh, not skateboard, oh, the skateboard. other one, no, oh, not the other one. Scooter? yeah yeah scooter
1: oh shit that's adorable she has a scooter oh my god dude she's so 17.
0: (laughs) yeah definitely (laughs) and she takes the bus and she takes the train in order to train etc and where where she lives in france it's like everybody every young guy has a car because like the trains are trash the metros are trash it's not like here in paris where you can go around freely it's hard to go around to get around and so I was like, Whoa, she's doing all this at 17, at 16 back then. And I was like, man, at 16, I was playing video games and eating chips yeah. and eating McDonald's and not doing anything and skipping uh, basketball, training, practice, etc. And so I was like, Whoa, that's really some high level of dedication. And so we were talking a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, we were meeting at every uh, competition she was doing. And yeah, we, we talked, we talked, we talked. And then it really blew my mind that her level uh, in the sport, in my opinion, is really definitely the reflection of her level of dedication to the sport. Like, she's so dedicated. It's, I think it's pretty much unseen, I think, at her age to be so involved in the sport and to live 100% uh, the lifestyle you have to live for the sport because everybody 16 wants to party, to drink, to mm-hmm. to have fun, etc. And she's like, no, I, I want to be the best in the world, and so she doesn't definitely doesn't live like a 16 or 17 would or should, but mm-hmm. she lives like a, a a powerlifting champion would or should. So
1: it's crazy because in there. So <clears throat> when you make a decision to do that when you're 16, nothing's promised. Some people, you you could pull some 16-year-olds aside and be like, listen to me, if you do this, I guarantee, this is like a guarantee, so it couldn't come from me or you, fucking God has to come down and be like, you do this, you're going to be a world champion, everyone on social media all over the world is going to be talking about you, and you're like the young Mike Tyson. When Mike Tyson was 16, 17, 18, coming up, everyone couldn't get enough of him. By the time he was 20, he was the youngest heavyweight champion of all time, and just killing it and people couldn't believe it and like sam was like that right now where she's like a teenager and people are like yeah i get it she's only 17 but they can't stop talking about it because it's crazy if you get told that when you're 17 your ego might be like all right let's do it i'm in but you're never gonna get told that you will yeah. never know you don't know until you've yeah. already put the work in and done the work to start reaping the rewards of it so the fact that she was mature enough to be like and believed in herself enough to be like, you know what? I'm gonna give it a shot. Let me see. And I'm going all in. You have to go all in. And she just goes all in at 16. And look where yeah. we're at at 17. It's crazy, man. I
0: mean, yeah. I didn't and have the we, we had we had high level sub juniors um, when she was coming up. And so I think it also really helped her a lot to to see that hey, hey it's it's possible. Like. You can be strong outside, and then you get your shot, and then you're at Worlds, and then it happens. And so we had like um, maybe two or three uh, sub juniors, uh, males. Uh, one of them is Corentin. and so he was, uh, I think, if my memory serves me right, he was uh, first overall uh, at Worlds uh, sub juniors. And so I think it's also really helped a lot to see that hey, it's possible. And those guys were also living the lifestyle like some is right now. So I think it's really helped them to see that they, they have a little group of people that are doing the same thing, are prioritizing the same thing over uh, what every young guy or young girl at these age is prioritizing. So I think that's also part of the equation. 100%.
1: Um, so at some point lockdown comes <laughs> and it's uh, so everyone's you, like, whether or not you could get to the gym. And my man, yeah. you stepped up. It is hilarious, some of the videos, by the way, that you guys post. But um uh so lockdown comes, Sam can't get to the gym, and you and your girlfriend take a ring for the lockdown. Yeah. And so, dude, you're like fuck this is I'm glad I used um the Mike Tyson because this is gonna work. And you know what? This, I didn't plan on it but it's fucking working. So <laughs> I'll keep using the analogy. When Mike Tyson was a teenager, um, Cus D'Amato took him in a- a- as a guardian and, like, oh. trained him. And he moved into the house with Cus. And they trained. And then he became this teenage sensation. He's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And it's, like, teenage sensation, whatever the shit, Mike Tyson. But when this lockdown comes, for a coach like you, who is as cutting edge as you are and into this as you are, you and your girlfriend to be like, all right, if you want, you can come move in with us. And this, this is like, if there's a destiny, my friend, and this happens where there's a lockdown and she is now like, you are her guardian, her meta, I don't know what the fucking, I don't want to say you're like, you're whether you like it or not, you're going to be like a father figure almost, which is probably weird for you to hear because you're like, I'm not ready to be a fucking father. But, but, but you know what I mean? Where even they say um, all guys seek out father figures, no matter what, you got a father mm. that's good. But when you have a coach in high school, he's going to be a bit of a father figure. Do you Mm. have like an older uncle? He's going to be a father. We all seek out father figures in life. I mean, it's just what you do somebody that you look to. That's like, they got me. If I got questions, they got me, but they're, you know, but they're not your actual father. So it's a little different, a little easier at times. Right. Mm. Um, and dude, this is like a straight out of a goddamn movie, my friend, for her to be moving in <laughs> with you and your girlfriend and to be, to be like, all right, this is like a pop. When they make a powerlifting Disney movie and for sure, this is a <laughs> Disney movie. This, yeah, it this is. Is it, man. How was it? How did that come to pass? First off, cause was it, did she approach you? Did she approach your yeah. girlfriend? Did your girlfriend approach her?
0: Or like, how yeah. did all this happen? So we were training, and so you know there were rumors about the lockdown, etc. And so w- there were some people that were posting about it, and um, uh, my girlfriend saw a post of uh, Sam who was like asking for people that had gyms uh, around her neighborhood that she could uh, go training. And so we were like, okay, we know where she lives. There's no way anybody there, for like hundred miles away, has a gym because it's like super lost in the east of france and so we were talking about it with my girlfriend and we're like okay um so sam is really uh super mature like there's no way when you meet when you meet her if she doesn't tell you her age there's no way you can figure it out like she's so mature she's really super calm uh individual um super kind as well etc so uh are like <clears throat> It's not an easy decision because, you know, we don't, we didn't know back then how long would be the lockdown. Yeah. And I think it's Dude. two months now, something Dude. like that.
1: You, yeah, you were like, yeah, just a couple of weeks, whatever. Not a yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. Two months later, you're like, I think I have a daughter.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely yeah,
1: yeah, yeah it'll and, be like a sleepover whatever it'll be yeah, fun yeah. it'll be fun two months later she's slamming the door you're not my dad and you're like what the? <laughs> who is that guy on the couch uh, what the <laughs> fuck is happening here there's a party there's a keg party going on and you're, you're like this is out of control
0: that's exactly the thing and, <laughs> right you know we didn't know back then but obviously it was I think the first lockdown was like two weeks and we knew that it wouldn't be two weeks. So we talked about it with my girlfriend and we were like, okay, well, she can just come because we knew that she was the lifter that she is but also the human being that she is and obviously if she was a phenomenal lifter back like trash uh, human being, I would, I would definitely not invite her over, like, whatever the, her level or whatever, how much I love the sport for France, team France, Kepa, no no way, <laughs> I don't sacrifice two months of, of my life. <laughs> Your
1: girlfriend's like, we have to do it for France, you're like, what, yeah. what the fuck, like, it's for France, it's bigger, than, it's bigger than me, it's bigger than you, yeah. it's, it's for the French team, sacrifice, yeah. you're like, fuck, yeah. okay, I guess, holy shit, this is a big ask.
0: Right. yes yeah, definitely and yeah regarding our relationship my girlfriend is like okay we do this we do that you know I'm, I'm chill and she kind of takes decisions so she, she, was agree, she was agreeing on that point and I was like yeah let's go why not because Sam is really a, a, a human being that we both care about and we love her and so yeah let's go and so yeah she moved in and two months later I'm super happy we did it because not only it's important for her as an athlete to be able to train uh, because we don't know which worlds will happen, but whatever, but also mm-hmm. because she's a phenomenal uh human being, and we care for her a lot, and we know what it does to a a pro lifter at this level to not be able to train it's mm-hmm. it just it just destroys you like mm-hmm. i I can't imagine it, so and we didn't want it for her, so yeah, we invited her over, and then I got some messages from other lifters that were like, "Okay, do you have a spot for me as well." And, uh, <laughs> It, it was becoming bad it was becoming bad
1: you're like well man I mean times are tough right now you know it really helped yeah. me yeah. out if I can move into your place like, Yeah, No,
0: definitely. no bro. nah yeah, bro yeah. you're like bad. which,
1: what's your Wilkes at let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about Wilkes right now
0: 500 over okay. 500
1: over I'm gonna have that conversation with my girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're like honey hear me out <laughs> hear me out hear me out he's got a 550 Wilkes all sleep on all sleep on the balcony you know what? all <laughs> simple about We'll make room. Okay, he's got 550
0: Wilkes. we got to make it happen, love. It's for France. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, it was uh, the case. Then I, I really... And it was really super... And it is because actually lockdown isn't quite over yet. I think it may be over in France on the 11th of May. So maybe in four days. But then we don't know yet because the gyms won't be opening soon. So I think... I think we'll keep uh, little Sammy over here for another couple of weeks. Um, but, and man, it, it's really ballsy, I think, because she moved away from her parents, and so she's only 17, and she was like, okay, powerlifting over above everything else. No Bye. shit, and so she It's yeah.
1: crazy! Here's the thing, yeah. thing mate. Like, first off, seriously, it is like a... It's such a moment where everything that's happening right now is so surreal in terms of yeah, like, yeah. in terms of like how quickly you things changed in France. And then from you researching this to you getting these champions to you, um, you know, th- then the situation with this young prodigy coming up the ranks, just setting a blaze of powerlifting and then moving in and you're, you're like, it's a whole nother level of guidance now where it's like, fuck, man, this is, this is like this it's like a moment where you're looking back. You know, you know when it's happening. You're gonna look back at this time period and be like, holy shit, was that wild or was that wild? Was that crazy? Did we not do a damn thing that 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 was some crazy even if this lasts for two, three years, whatever. The band breaks up after two, three years, whatever. This is those fucking years, my friend. This yeah. is the world tours. This is the world yeah. tour years where you're gonna look back when you're older and be like, holy shit. We eat, lived, breathed, powerlifting, and we yeah. we had a, a fucking daughter for a minute there. <laughs> <And> we... <laughs> yeah, definitely the case. Like, I like yeah. I had a daughter for a, for a couple of years. I don't know what that shit happened. And,
0: and no, so th- sometimes it's scary because I I really don't feel that we are we have this much age difference because she's so mature. Yeah. So sometimes I, I, it's almost like I'm talking to a friend, but yeah, yeah sure. she's like almost 10 years older, uh, younger than me. So it hurts. It it's, really it's, hurts. It's a, uh,
1: yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's, it is good that she's mature and make it a hell of a lot easier. Put it that way. If she was like mm. playing video games, eating Cheetos on your couch all day, you're like, God damn it. You're like, This <laughs> yeah, is, yeah. is going to be an issue. Um, yeah. so, so training and whatnot. So you guys all get together and train together now. That you all live together and you have a, a there's a gym in the apartment or how is it all working
0: yeah so um i'm fortunate enough that uh my father okay hang, hang in there because it's gonna get w- wider than what you think okay. <laughs> so my father is a head coach headmaster in a uh, high school okay and so the gym we're training in is the gym the high school's gym
1: ah gotcha. got you. okay
0: so we took our stuff from our gym that we have, our personal gym. We moved it in here, and so we're training here. So I'm actually in the in the high school right now. Like, my father has an apartment there, and so I'm living here, and you, so... You
1: live in the high school?
0: Yeah, we live in the high school.
1: How is this, how the fuck are you not on Netflix? <laughs> what? what? dude why are you not on netflix right fucking now <laughs> what are you talking about you're you live in a high school with a high yeah. school student it yeah. is like a uh like a fucking powerful college I, what the yeah shit? definitely dude what is
0: happening <laughs> so some some actually isn't skipping high school she's going there every day
1: yeah it's true for power <laughs> yeah it's
0: this praying. is wild so you're in yeah. a high
1: school right now
0: yeah <laughs> yeah right now it's the you... high school apartment
1: holy shit um wow dude this is wild Is anyone else live there uh
0: yeah it's like uh you know you have some people that work at the high school that are the that have the apartment so it's, it's like a, a mini building just uh, nearby in the high school mm. and so i think we have like five or six houses here something like that but uh and so actually there's another guy using the gym so and one day uh, one day we, we met him, like, by far, and so we showed him the videos of Sam, and he was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not coming here anymore with <laughs> you guys here. Because he was benching, I think he was benching, like, 60 or something like that, and when he saw that Sam was, like, repping it for, like, 30 reps if she wanted to, he was like, okay, no, that's it, thank it's you. One,
1: it's one of those situations where he's, like, he's done <clears throat> benching, he's like, do you want me the away? She was naive can leave that. <laughs> I'm going to <laughs> be warming up in a minute. You can leave that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah
0: definitely.
1: He's like, well, I'm done. Okay, that's, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just pick up jogging or some shit.
0: Yeah, um, definitely.
1: So when, when you guys are going to – was the Europeans do you feel like – because the European Championship um, Leia broke world record. Did she not, She took the IPF yeah. world record, and then yeah. obviously um, Naomi won the European Championship title for the 52-kilo class. And I want to ask you about the decision to move up the 52 did, how did you guys come across that decision? Was it just like looking? Because it obviously worked. Like her, she's adapted to the 52s, took the European title, and is now looking at possible world record. She's getting closer and closer in the squad. And, and, and the total's going up. So how did you guys decide with 52? Was it tough to make 47?
0: So the thing is, um, uh, regarding uh, Noemi's weight loss, um, she, she was so happy uh, after – Every win, that she, her, her and her boyfriend are, are like super uh, warm people. So they go out, they eat, they they don't drink, but they eat, etc. They don't drink, and so no, they don't drink. Oh. They only eat. <laughs> okay. but, uh, but that's better because I think if the two of them were drinking, we were seeing bad stuff. So <laughs> I'd rather it be just uh, eating yeah. than drinking. Okay,
1: fair, that's
0: fair. And so you know, at some point, it was getting harder and harder to do the cuts for the meets. And so we had a pretty rough nationals prior to two worlds this year. And so back then we talked a little bit and she was like, "Okay, but uh, we'll we'll figure things out um in a more positive way next time, etc." And so after worlds um it, it it became it became obvious that she she was too big for the 47s. Like There was no way she was uh, cutting back to 47 for uh, Europeans because the time span was just too short. And so back then, uh, we we agreed with a couple of friends to do the Arnold in uh, Barcelona. And so she was like, uh, okay, I want to do it as well. And so we talked a little bit about it and we thought that it, it could be a nice idea to try the 52s in this meet because there was nothing at stake for her because as a 47.52, the the IPF formula that was using at that time was uh, there was no way she was uh, winning with, because I think uh, Kimberly Walford also did the national the um, Barcelona mm-hmm. uh, the Arnold, so we knew that winning wasn't in the in the cards. So we were like, okay, let's go have a nice meet and try to see what you can do as a 52. And mm-hmm. so she did nice. She really did nice, and I think it also hyped her up and to see that she was able to. Now she was getting bigger, the weight cuts weren't that difficult. She was able to to go hard on training and for a much longer period of time and I think it's really helped hyped her up and so yeah, then, after the Arnolds, it was like obvious that from now on at least it was fifty twos and yeah, like you said it was I think it was a right decision, but it really wasn't an easy one because you know when you have everything set up for you in your weight class, you're yeah. second best in the world behind. Heather Connor which is like the first in the world for like many years, you're like oh, I'm in a good spot and then you're like, okay, let's jump straight up into one thing that I really don't know and so yeah she, she agreed to do it and it wasn't that, it wasn't a easy choice but I think it paid out.
1: It is yeah when you're number two in the world and Heather Connor, with the new formula all time is number one. Um yeah. 2019 number two behind Amanda Lawrence, but either way, like for all of powerlifting, Heather was, you know, up there for the all time and she was number two behind Heather. So it's one of those deals where it's like, yeah, do you move up? Do you risk that? But then at the same time, the more weights you lift, the more muscle mass you put on, the harder it's going to be. It's just the way it goes sometimes. So it's, mm. it's, it's tough to make that decision, but obviously, yeah. um, I mean, she's a European champion now. And I seen her crying on the platform, and she was super happy with that. So um, I mean, it's one of those; it pays off. I mean, once you once you hit the international level, and it's so it's it's underneath the French flag, you got France across the chest, and you're taking medals like that, taking gold medals. You know, it just it just gets bigger and bigger, right? Like your resume, yeah. her resume gets bigger, your resume gets bigger. From here, I realized we got COVID, and um, everybody's on lockdown, but. Is there more, who else is coming out of France that we should be paying attention to? And what else are we, because I don't want to get caught sleeping anymore. <laughs> and where do you see, because like, look, I, I talked about the French women. We could talk the women and the men, but maybe yeah. like, I've seen like, like Caroline, uh, the 84 plus lady. I can I think her name's, was it Emily? Is her name? Yeah, I mean, Emily. Um, Emily. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, man, there's, there's a lot of French women out there killing it. And, uh, and some men too, that are smashing some big wigs, including yourself. Now, that mock meat, 690 in the 6.6 kilo, that's world-class, my friend. You know, you're Thank right you. up there You're right up there at the world championship level as well now. So, mm. um, the French men are now killing it. So, it was just, I believe this year, somebody finally hit a 700 kilo total in the 6.6 kilo. So, for you to yeah. hit 690, I mean, what are we talking about? You know, you're amongst one or two, maybe three people. I think you'd be the third gentleman if you hit 700. So, uh, anyway, so you're going to be you're looking at world class level here. What are what can we expect looking forward? So the same thing doesn't happen going into Sweden. Who are some some people we should watch out for? And what are your predictions? You can get as definitive or vague as you want in terms okay. of. But but let's hear a little something something. What do you think?
0: Okay, so I think Tim Friends regarding the women' open is going to be first. Uh, at the next international event oh
1: wow
0: i really think that because now we have uh, 47 that have the spot now that noemi isn't uh 52 uh, 47 anymore and i think this lady i I really don't know her that much so i won't talk to about it but i think she can podium something like that Mm. uh whether it be at worlds or euros she can podium so we have some points here. Then we have the 52s with Noemi, and also we have another athlete. Uh, her name is um, Shizuka. I don't know if you've seen her at uh, Europeans. She was, like, right be- behind Noemi. So uh, in the 52s, France took first and second place. Mm. So we also have her. So we have two athletes in the 52s, that, and she did, like, think, can't remember, I think, can remember and don't want to say anything stupid. I think she maybe did 10 or 15 kilos less than Noemi. So she's right there. Then we have the 57 with uh, Caroline, like you said. And I think she's able of doing a podium tour next event uh, at Worlds. So that's some good points as well there. Then we have Leah. We don't have any 72 or, 50 or 84s for now. So I think we may be able to lose some points here, but we have some 47s and 52. So yeah, I think it's even. And then we have Amelie who's able to podium as well. I think for that reason, I don't see right now any, and maybe I, I think if we have to fear one team, it's, it will be the Canadian team. Oh,
1: really? With, the uh,
0: Canadian? Jessica, yeah, I think, because Jessica is killing it. Uh, you also have uh, Maria, I see. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't see the Americans uh, winning this year. I don't know why, but hmm. I don't see it happening. So I think. Tim France is able to to take first uh, women's Open, I think.
1: And how about the gentlemen?
0: So for the gentlemen, uh, um, I I know there's a guy, and he's a close friend of mine, and I want to tell him that I love him. But he has some troubles with injuries and stuff. But he's an 83, and I think he can definitely be a contender for like a top five, top eight at Worlds but from, from right now at least he's injured so it's hard and then i for now on at least i only see myself as the only open athlete and so yeah like you said i, I definitely think i can hit a 700 total um i what that 690 i did was with a like bad bench because i have an injury on my i think it's my uh, bicep and so like the bench i did was the lowest bench ever, I imagine, in my mind. So I think with a nice bench, I would have been able to total 700. So the next meet will be the the possibility to see it. And then I think where it can come for, for Team France, and maybe you guys aren't paying enough attention, is with the juniors. I think the male juniors are really a threat in France, because we had some super, super strong sub-juniors that are going up, and, and I especially think about um, Re- Richmond. I don't know if you've seen him.
1: What's by Some of these guys uh, are on
0: Instagram. I think it's uh, Rico Powerlifting, something like that. And so he's the A3 uh, silver medalist from uh, Euros. And I think he took first uh, in uh, Sweden, mm. in the A3s. So he's coming up into the juniors. We have another, another junior 74. His name is uh, Paul Romboville. I think you reposted uh, his deadlift with 300, something like that. Okay. And so we have those two guys. We have also uh, Corentin, obviously, in the 120. So, yeah, I think the juniors, and we also have two other juniors in the 93s. So, yeah, I think the juniors are really strong in France. And I think it will give also a strong open team. But now they're just uh, beginners as juniors. They're like junior first or second year. But I think they can also already do some damage uh, at an international uh, competition. And regarding the ladies in the junior, um, I think it's not there yet. Uh, Just like the Open male team, there are one or two uh, athletes that are strong, but not a team yet. So I think what's coming next from France is probably the women's Open that are going to do big, big, big damage. And then probably junior males. I think.
1: Yeah, and then of course, um, sub. So, what's the deal with Samantha? She she turns eighteen this year.
0: Yeah, so if if worlds and euros don't happen, she she won't have any more uh, international meet as a sub junior. Okay. But if they happen, she will still be a sub junior.
1: Okay. So, is it um, refresh my memory here? So, was it the year you turn eighteen you become a junior, or no? The year is it? Okay.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, if if those two meets uh, pass by and she can compete, the next meet will be her first uh, junior meet. Okay. And do
1: you anticipate she's gonna stay a junior this whole time? Or do you think at some point, I mean, it's hard to tell because she's 17, but junior is until you're 23,
0: right? <clears throat> yeah.
1: So do you think at some point she might be like, look, at I'm going into the open early? Or do you think it's too hard to tell right now?
0: Um, it's really hard to tell, but I definitely think that when the opportunity presents itself, she'll take it because she she has this mindset of... she. she I really think that she doesn't care about being the first. She just wants to be the best overall. Mm. So she knows that be, being the first sub-junior is awesome, but it's not being the first overall. And I know that knowing her and her mindset, when she when she's given the opportunity as also, because, uh, you know, in France, when you get qualified for worlds, you get sent or euros, you get sent by the federation and the federation pays for everything. Oh. So because the federation pays, you don't do what you want, you know? And I know that the federation will rather have a first place as a junior or sub junior than a third or fourth place as an open. Right. Makes sense. So yeah, I, I I think it will be hard for her to, to do the open early uh, even if she can, because of the, of the politics, you know, they'd way rather have her crush uh, five or six records in the junior than going to the open for a, a, a big, big, big battle.
1: And um, I mean, how crazy is it that she could be poised to be the youngest lady in the 63 kilo class ever to hit a 500 kilo total. And she'll probably do it as a teenager. Which yeah. are re- that's Those are records. I mean, who knows? in powerlifting, anything's possible. But to think the youngest lady ever to hit the 500 kilo mark, I mean, that's big. And then to do it as yeah. a teenager. She could be doing things that's like you're, she's setting the mark for anybody who wants to come up behind her. And that's going to be crazy unrealistic to try to hit. Even if she doesn't go in the open yet. And she also could, I mean, whatever. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But yeah, it's still crazy to think about. Uh, we think about Samantha might be doing in the future. When you saw the podcast and they had that moment, when uh, that moment, when I asked uh, Samantha who she looks up to, and she said it was Leah. What did you think when you saw that? Because for me, man, like I know you know Leah's story. And yeah. um and everything that she's been through before, powerlifting as a kid, growing up, what she's done now, and for her to come full circle to being from being what she said like an outcast, no one understood her, um, wondering if anyone what like would we even want to be her friend or whatever, let alone look up to her, and want to be like her when they grow up. Like it's it's for her to come full circle feeling like that her whole life, and then to be on a an international podcast like this, and we get downloads all over the world. And to hear the next biggest star in the sport be like, my idol is Leah Bavois. That was fucking, was that, dude, I, I got chills, man. Chills it, when you, I watched you know,
0: that. It, you know, it happened again Saturday because uh, Saturday Leah was here and Sam was here as, as well. And so I think, I think it was the first, yeah, it definitely was the first time from the podcast they were, that they were meeting together. And so I remember uh, they were talking about it. And so uh, Leah, I think, I can't remember if it was Leah or Sam. And, you know, so Leah did the total that she did, which we won't talk about right now. But it it was, I'll just tell you this. Even I was impressed. And I know what she's capable of. And even I was impressed. So, yeah, yeah, just just tell you. And so Sam was super impressed as well. And so I, I, I looked at her and I was like, what do you think about the total? And she was like, wow. <laughs> and so, you know, it was so pure to see that. Uh, yeah. oh, obviously, Sam, Sam knows that she's super strong, but she's seen something even stronger than when she did. And I know it just gave her so much more energy and will to, to better herself. And they talked about it because afterwards we, we ate together, et cetera. And so they talked about it. And so Leah was like, oh, I can't believe you said it, because uh, for me it wasn't possible, etc. And th- then we saw that they had a the moment, and so we just let the the two of them talk together, so I won't be able to give you more information, sadly. Yeah. But they, they had a conversation together, I think it was like maybe for 20, 30 minutes um, after the meet we did Saturday. And so they were talking a lot, and I know both of them uh, really enjoy each other and look, look up to each other, because... Sam looks up to Leah for sure because Leah is ahead. But I know that Leah is also looking at Sam because she knows that, hey, this young lady, she's coming up, and that's my throne. So
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, just, it, it's crazy. Um, You know, if Leah wasn't there and Sam didn't yeah. have somebody – like we just talked about earlier how in mm. the beginning of the podcast how – when you have someone there, and you then you believe. When you're told, some people tell you this is the limit and it, it has a weird effect on people. When that's all you see around. You come up in a neighborhood and no one really makes it out of that neighborhood. Most people don't make it out of that neighborhood. But when you come up and you're like young, a teenager who's living with a guy like you, who's doing all this research and her idol, Leah, who is, let's do full disclosure, my friend. I messaged Leia, and I was like, uh, what did you tell?" She me? told you. What did you? What did you t- yeah, she told me. Oh yeah, she told
0: me. What do you think of that? So... I'm a per- I'm
1: a pretty persuasive cat. I'm a pretty persuasive cat, buddy. Yeah, it. she. Oh yeah, she gave it up. She gave it up, my
0: friend. And, um, I don't doubt it. And, and,
1: and you're not lying. It was a pretty. It's a pretty big number. If yeah, we're yeah. looking at our cards, she's got some. She's got some cards on her. But, um, but I won't say nothing. I'm like you. I won't say nothing. I'll keep, I'll, I'll keep those cards to my chance. But um, for sure, Sam growing up in this situation, like as a as an athlete maturing with like somebody like you who's leading the charge in terms of like bringing in this kind of coaching and somebody like Leah who's leading the charge in terms of what a 63 kilo le- not only like Naomi as well, obviously – but Leah is in her weight class, and what Leah is doing is insane. And for her to have, just look beside her and have dinner with her and be like, it's like the perfect scenario for her to blossom. Like, she,
0: yeah, she definitely.
1: is so, this is like the perfect situation. But she moved mm-hmm. in with a guy who's like a coach, for God's sake. Um, mm-hmm. And honestly, I got to say it again, man, this is a goddamn movie. It's too, too well scripted. If I yeah. gave this to, to Netflix, they'd be like, all right, this is too much.
0: It's from it. you know it what I'm saying? It doesn't happen that way in real it life. Doesn't does it doesn't happen this way
1: in real life. Yeah. The guy, the guy goes, "This three really lost me. They live in a fucking school."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. He's like, yeah. he's like,
1: he's like, this would work for the '90s, a sitcom in the '90s. But, 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 but we're past that, love. This is Netflix. Okay, this is an NBC anymore. But, um, but yeah, man, it's a, uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. I think it is a special time. And um I, th- I do think that, like for sure Leah probably feels a sense of oh my god pride like almost like big sister little sister situation. Yeah. On the same token, yeah, you're training. Leah also sees what Sam's doing like you said, and it is kind of like well, shit, I'm I mean I'm not ready to hop off the throne just yet though. <laughs> right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I got some work to do. It's not going to happen yeah. just like that, sweetheart. But there's like a S- sibling rivalry is the rivalry I grew up. Man, most of us grew up. Do you got a brother or sister or anything?
0: Yeah, I have a brother. Well,
1: then you know, man. Sibling—it's yeah, first... all—it's all love, but it's still sibling rivalry.
0: You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I still have some counts of basketball games we had back back there. In, then in the days, oh. so yeah, I totally get it. Oh, for sure. So, oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: And, and, and I'm sure if Leia if Leia becomes world champion and does all the fulfills, like she's already a world record holder. She's already wrote her name in the history books. If she's probably telling herself, look it, if I'm ever going to turn around and toss this torch and give it to somebody, I'm okay with it being Samantha. You yeah. know what I mean? How, that's how the fucking movie ends. There it is. <laughs>
0: there it is. Yeah. Okay. It's, so it's or, like... worse,
1: or, or wait, not a movie, a series. Let's milk this. Mix me <laughs> off. Season three. It's a tearjerker. It's a tearjerker. Season three, buddy. She, the finale. That's what happens. Okay. There we go.
0: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I I really think that what you're saying is 100 percent true. Like, Sam right now is at a level like I think if an athlete, if, if another athlete reached out this level prior, they'd be like, oh, I'm the best in the world. I can stop here. And so Sam just hit her a 496, and she was like, I'm still okay, 15, 20 kilos behind what Leah's doing, a little more right now. And so you know, it's always. I think what really Gets these ladies at this level, it's really they always want for more. Like Leah, when she did her t- the toll that she did on Saturday, which like I-, I was super proud and super happy with her uh, for her as well. And so she was like, "That's not enough. I gotta do more. It's not enough."
1: I know I couldn't. So, she told me that too, and I was like, "You're, you're this is insane." And she's like, "Yeah, here's, yeah. A, here's a number I would like, and I'm like, "Holy <laughs> sh! Leah." And she's like, "What?" Yeah. I'm like, do you not realize the numbers you're talking about?
0: Like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And prior to that, before uh, Euros, I was like, okay, you can hit uh, 5. I think we talked about 5.20 or 5.25 before Euros. And so she was like, no, you're crazy, you're crazy. There's no way, there's no way. I'm saying, okay, look at your squat, look at your bench, look at your bedlift. If we add up, it's 5.20, 5.25. And so she was like, no, 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 no. So she did... 514, was it? I think. Yeah, I think I the record, Yeah. Yeah. So, and so I was like, see, you're close. And now we're talking about some numbers for the meet. And so she was like, no, you're crazy. No, no you're crazy. And then when she did the meet, she was like, see, I didn't hit it. And I was like, yeah, you're there. You're <laughs> yes, there. And that, now, yeah. and now she's the one pushing it. Like, okay, I, I, I want this total. So I think it's really it's really what makes her the athlete that she is. She's at the highest level of female powerlifting in history. And so, and she's like, I want more and I won't stop here. So, and it it really, it really inspires me as well. Not only as her, as her coach, but also as her friend and also as a, as a French athlete, because I'm like, whoa, she's at that level and she isn't satisfied with herself, man, what am I doing? Let's go, let's go train.
1: And you had barriers too, like seven hundred for you to be the third man to hit yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like this is that'd be crazy for France. You know, it's the same thing. And all of a sudden, all you guys are in this like a fucking high school, as it were, and <laughs> and, and, um, and just like vibing off this positive vibe, pushing each other forward, man. It's like any, it's like you guys together, like man, we're like the French Avengers, and anything's possible right now. Anything's yeah. possible yep. right now.
0: To be honest with you, I was thinking about it when I was uh, during the meet because I was sharing the platform with, with Leah and I was like, man, this will probably never happen in my life again. And even though it was a personal meet, etc., we, we still had, you know, we had um, the former uh, French coach that was there with us. And so he was giving us orders like we had the, um, the timing between uh, the squat and the bench, the bench and the deadlift. We, we had everything. And he wasn't kidding. Like, yeah. I remember I took my, my last uh, warm-up with the bench, and three minutes later, he was like, okay, let's go first uh, first the And I was like, man, I just had three minutes uh, earlier. And he was like, yeah, if we'd been in, in an international meet, you would have gone there. So now you go there. And so I was Whoa, like, fuck, man. And he's super strict. Dude. So even though it, it was in our home, in our high school, uh, actually, and so with our uh, terms, it was really, like, strict, like worlds. Like, you go on the platform when you have to, not when you want to. It's You have to be ready at that time. So t- to be on that platform with Leah, I was like, oh, man, I-, I have to not fuck this up. I have to be there. I have to it's, have to perform.
1: It's so funny. This dude, all of a sudden, you, like, call my first name. You're like, excuse me? You don't address me by my first name. <laughs> not when I'm yeah. working,
0: sir. It- We'll be and friends so, afterwards. And, you're like, and you know, he's, he's a big guy as well. And so he has a scary face. He's ne- he never laughs. And, I will, and you know, he plays the role world, the world perfectly. Yeah, I bet. It's, perfectly.
1: Listen, when you said you recognize that moment where you're like, holy shit, I may never have this again. Like this this moment, we're together. All locked. The whole world's all locked down. And I'm here together with some of the best people to ever do it in history. And we're in a fucking high school running a meet. And you're looking around like, this is surreal. This isn't even yeah. real. My friend, these are moments. Fucking appreciate it, dog. The older I get, the more I realize, like, it's just, that's all like this. There's no, there's no, like, uh, secret to it. Or when I get to this age, I'll realize things. The, what you realize is, this is it. Fucking appreciate the moments. And realize yeah. when you're in one. When you're in one, yeah. be like, this is it. It's happening. It's happening right now.
0: Yeah, definitely was. Yeah, I I really felt it. I was like, man, it's it's surreal because I was looking at her and she was like here doing her thing, training, and she was you know screaming and cheering for me, and I was cheering for her as well. And I was like, okay, so I just watched that three world records squats and three world records deadlifts uh, totals actually on the deadlifts, and I was like. Man, who can say that? Like I was there in the high school with her. And so we were actually with Sam and my girlfriend was there and our our friend who is the former uh, French coach as well was there. So man, I think like you say, it's really super cool stories and I have them in my mind forever. Like that's for sure.
1: Dude, it's almost better that some of this stuff happens behind the scenes where it's just you guys. Yeah. The team. Just the yeah. band. It's like a band. You're, this this band was jamming one night. That's what
0: happened. The band <laughs> yeah.
1: was jamming, and you hit a fucking guitar solo, and you guys put together a song out of nowhere. Then you're like, "Oh, damn! Should we share this?" And then and then Leia says, "No, we never play this again. <laughs> <laughs> this song. Yeah. Will never, this song will never be played again."
0: Yes. I don't know if you if you watch The Last Dance on Netflix.
1: The last this. yeah, oh well, hell yeah, with uh, the it's balls, with chuckle. Michael
0: Jordan, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and so I don't know if you saw the last episodes. It was in uh, the the ninety two um, uh, Olympics in Barcelona.
1: I didn't see and, it. I didn't see it. But go ahead, oh, go, you, ahead,
0: go you, ahead. You have to watch. You have to watch it because they were at a training practice with a dream team of ninety two. And so in one team they had uh, Magic Johnson, uh, Barkley, etc., and the, in the other one was Michael, Pippen, etc. And so they were like we had the best game of our life and it was closed doors. They didn't, nobody was there. It was just them. Yeah. Like just them playing 5-5 five, five on a court. And so when you, when you watch them talk about it, you're like, oh man, I just want to live those moments. And to be honest, I think I just lived one, one of that moment in, Dude, uh, on is. Saturday. It is,
1: yeah.
0: It was crazy. It people, was crazy.
1: Expect, people expect moments to like, feel different Uh, But life feels like life. Your days Mm. feel like your days. Every day feels the same unless you stop, take a look around, and actually take take stock of what's happening. And then all of a sudden, it's going to feel a little different when you become present. Because Mm. usually in your day-to-day, you're thinking about what's about to happen. You thought about what happened before. You got all this shit in your mind. You don't stop, stop. But sometimes you're in a moment and some real shit is happening. It's going to feel the exact same as every other day. Life is going by and then it's over. It, mm-hmm. The only time you realize you, your moments is when you stop and take stock. And it's all—it's not because anything special. It's because you actually stopped for a minute and you looked around like, oh, man, I'm present. Yeah. I'm present. Yeah. Right, right now I'm present. Dog, when I'm at work, when I'm at like, you know how often I'm not present, like real present. But when there's a moment like the world championships and I hear yeah. that, I hear the countdown and we're about to go live. You better believe I'm present. You know what I mean? You better believe I'm present. Um, yeah,
0: definitely. You're there.
1: You're there. And I've done like, well, like reality TV and a bunch of blah, blah, blah. I've talked about it a million times in the podcast. I don't want to talk about it too much, but there are moments that I've done where I'm like, holy fuck, I've never been more present. It's, it's special. Um, I want to ask you if you could go back in time and tell yourself when you first started powerlifting about to sign up for the RTS classrooms and the whole night. If you could pull that young man aside and tell him something, what would you tell that guy?
0: Mm, I'd probably tell him hang in there because you know, there are some rough times around and sometimes you'll lose sight of what you believe in or some people will try to persuade you to try to tell you different and hang in there because nothing can stop your ideas and your creativity and until you're there you're where you want to be don't stop
1: Thank and you. i won't
0: stop because i'm not there yet so i really won't stop until until we have like the best female team in the open for france the best male team for the open for france i won't stop so probably we we'll never stop but that's fine <laughs> that's
1: it, it. can not stop, stop you know yeah. it's funny because it's um I word the question like that because oftentimes, we, I know for myself, I'm, I'm a lot better giving other people advice than I'm giving myself advice. It's tough, man. Or like following yeah. your own advice or having that reflection to be able to do it. Sometimes you could do it with like, I wish I told myself. Like if, yeah. I, if I could tell me three years ago, five years ago, whatever, listen to me, this is what you got to do. We do that. But it's hard to like self-reflect in the moment and be like, what do I yeah. got to do right now? What do I need to hear right now? What do I got these self-affirmations when all of a sudden done and you are retired and you're an old man looking back and you're looking at all of these, these crazy years you've got, how do you want to be remembered? Mm.
0: <clears throat> oh, tough question. Um, I think I want to be remembered as the guy that was super passionate about what he did and that wasn't afraid, of, afraid sorry, of doing things differently because at the end of the day, that's exactly what happened here in France. I was doing things differently, not just me, but with several other people. And I think I really take a lot of pride in being not being afraid to try to go out, out the way of what was established the good way back then, and so, yeah, I really want to be remembered like that. I'm um, the crazy guy that wasn't afraid to squat six times a week or to deadlift like five times a week or whatever, even though it's probably not the best way, the best uh, way to gain uh, muscle or to become a better power lifter. But yeah, just the guy that was super intense and 100% with every, every client that he worked with. And, and yeah, not afraid to try things out because with just to give you an insight with noemi she she's uh, pulling sumo and now she's pulling conventional
1: mm.
0: and we, we just changed in one block we talked about it she agreed to try she tried it she enjoyed it and now boom, it's done and so you know we're not afraid to try to to change things out and to i don't think i think there's always room for improvement from for everybody including myself as a coach obviously first first uh, before all so i'm always trying to become uh to try to see things with more, clear, uh, more guidance, to be more sharp with the things that I see or the things that I think or that I feel because it's also a, th- a feeling thing. So yeah, just, just like that. Just trying things out, always, always, always. Never believing that I'm at the top of, of anything. I can always improve and get better.
1: And that's how you never turn into the old guard. That's how you yeah. always stay. You know what yeah. I mean? It's when, yeah. wanted, like, when you want to get lazy, you want to rest. And then when you're getting lazy and resting, new shit comes up. So you're like, man, I'm not, I am not taking these fucking classrooms. I'm not doing that. So when people ask me about it, I'm going to make fun of them. I'm going to put them down. I'm going to pretend it's not there. You know what I mean? Like that's how some people yeah. do it. I'm with you, man. I follow history and I, I read about the French Revolution, my brother. i like, <laughs> you, you, seen how the story ends. You're leaving. You're leading
0: this. <laughs> yeah. And. To be honest, I I just enjoy reading stuff and watching stuff about powerlifting. Uh, I joined the classroom uh, in October, so I think it was 2018. And I'm still on right now. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I'm still on. It's like more than one year and a half. And I'm watching every classroom whenever it comes out. And I'm lucky enough to talk sometimes with with, uh, Jim from RTS. I was lucky enough to meet Mike T and Jim at Worlds. And we exchange some words. And so, yeah, man, those guys, I really enjoy so much the work they're putting in because it's it's always, okay, you have this idea, now you, you play with it. You, you go, go figure out a way to, to practice it or to, to make it your own. And that's exactly what I love about it. And it's like, like you said, you have so much possibilities. It's limitless. So I always have room to play. And so as long as I have athletes... That are uh, kind enough to 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 come to me and to to let me advise them and to work with them, and I'm super happy.
1: What do you think is the future gonna hold for um, Samantha, Leah, and Naomi?
0: What do you mean, like for next competition or? Not the further? next.
1: Let's say no, further. Let's let's blow it up bigger. Let's okay. say let's say when you look back, when you think their careers are over. What are some of the things you think those three ladies are going to accomplish?
0: Um I I'll start with the easiest for me because it's for Leah because I th- I definitely think she'll become the the goat of the sport, like hands Holy down. Oh shit. Yeah. That's what I believe. And I know that we have some goats already and yeah. they're super strong and they're well established and thinking about, you know, Kimberly Walford, who's a Phenomenal human being as well. I had the chance to meet her. And so. But I think Leah will become the the next GOAT for sure. Uh I think Sam will follow. Um I'm seeing Sam becoming like super, super strong, super competitive. Uh I don't know it's it's hard to say because you know it's not because you're you're strong when you're young that you'll become the better the strongest when you' you're the oldest I don't know if that makes yes. sense no that makes sense I got you um, but you know we have some so many histories of people coming in super strong and becoming even better and becoming like when you take Michael Jordan for for instance, or Mike Tyson, those guys were coming at 18, they were the best. 19, the best. 20, the best, and <laughs> the story goes on for like yeah. ten years. Ten years. Yeah. So I think some might become one of it, but to be honest, I don't know if she'll be uh, the next. The um, if she'll always stay If she'll always stay, sorry, in the 63 doing oh, that. Yeah, that makes sense. I think. I think we might see some some class uh, how can I say upgrade I think she probably in maybe two years or something like that she'll probably go to 72 because I, I don't know if she, if you ever met her but she's pretty big uh, she's I think she's a slight taller uh, a tad taller than me oh she, uh, she, she, yeah. She,
1: yeah she's really tall
0: yeah I think she's 171 uh, centimeters. I don't know how to make the translation, but.
1: Yeah, I'm not uh, sure, man, but that's, like, especially at 17, she's going to gain muscle mass.
0: Yeah, yeah, like, that's for, for sure.
1: In 10 years, when she's, when she is around Leia's age, in exactly. 9, 9 to 10 years, it would be shocking if she hasn't put on enough muscle mass to be a weight class up. So. Makes yeah, sense. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, 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 So,
0: I think of that, but I think she, she still has some, probably two years, I would guess, of 63 becoming, like a superstar uh, she's already a superstar but becoming even better and for Noemi um, I definitely think she can become a world champion in this in the 52 now from then uh, from there sorry I really don't know because I know that Noemi you know she has a lot of stuff in her life um, traveling is a huge part of of what she loves and so I probably see her not dropping powerlifting obviously not but you know Trying to, you know, swing things around yeah. and maybe becoming a fighter because her boyfriend uh, will okay. make her become one. <laughs>
1: Dude, I seen her one time wearing a judo gi. and I was like, well, "Yeah, do you do judo." It, but her English isn't really good, right? But yeah. we, like, she'll she'll try to sort out what I'm trying to say. But she's kind of into it. She sent her boyfriend. Yeah, she, yeah. she explained to me like her boyfriend taught judo and um, jujitsu as well, and they're super into it. So who knows, yeah. man? Yeah, you never know. She's obviously athletic. She,
0: she got him into powerlifting. So oh, no kidding. We don't know. Maybe he will got her get her into judo or jiu-jitsu.
1: Maybe, buddy.
0: Maybe.
1: <laughs> you never know. Um, yeah. Okay, sounds good. And listen, uh, so we're, we're at two hours now. I want everybody who wants to reach out for you for coaching. Um, do you take clients online? Yeah. Okay. How do they get a hold of you if they want to join the fucking super team? buddy?
0: The super team out of France, uh, <laughs>
1: the latest cutting edge. How can they join the revolution?
0: Um, they can join by messaging me on uh, Instagram. And so right now, I really have uh, just few spots left. So I just I'll just work with athletes that I feel have the same um, um, energy as I have. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but yeah, they can reach me on Instagram. And, and let
1: them know your Instagram
0: just in case. They uh, don't- so. It's uh, the uh, Panash, so T-H-E-P-A-N-A-S-H.
1: There it is, man.
0: There, there it is. There, and yeah. is there
1: anybody you want to thank before I let you go, sir?
0: Yeah, I really want to thank uh, Leah. Uh, I, I want to thank every athlete that I work with because I, I got so much experience uh, out of every athlete that I've worked with. But I especially want to thank Leah because... She, she really pushes uh, me forward uh, as a coach and I really want to thank her for that because I never asked her to do so. It's just her, you know, how she is, her uh, emotions. And so, yeah, I really want to thank her for that. And also thank you, uh, Ryan, for having me here.
1: Hey, man. Thank you for coming on. Much appreciated. I appreciate your time, my friend. I know it's like the wee hours of the morning in France, but this is your schedule, <laughs> you said. So That's France. good
0: for me. That's good for me. <laughs> Perfect,
1: my man. Listen. Thank you for coming on. Thank
0: hopefully, you very much.
1: Hopefully the World Championships happens. And yeah, I hope, man. I'll see you again. Let's have some beers. We'll, we'll yeah, definitely.
0: Shit. We'll have. That's we'll it. have, and I'll, I'll come to you. We'll have a, a little ritual. I'll come to you before every, every meet, and I'll tell you, okay, Ryan, here is who you have to look up to. That's
1: <laughs> it. Give me the security <laughs> report in France. Now we got a guy on the inside. I'll give you. Sounds good, my
0: friend. <laughs> definitely.
1: Talk to you later. Thank we'll you keep, very much. We'll keep in touch, buddy. Bye. Keep in touch. Thank you. Okay. Bye. My Ooh. man, Pena, Um, super nice guy. And What he's doing in France, holy freaking smokes, man. I mean, these French girls are absolutely killing it right now. And um, it took, and this is what you see in like, in like sports all over the world, not just powerlifting in France, but sometimes there's a language barrier and it takes somebody who's like, this isn't the top. We're not amongst the top just yet, and we deserve to be. So it takes a guy like this to jump in there. What do I got to do to push this forward? Hop into some classrooms, do some research, start putting what I find out out there in our home language in an accessible, easy to digest pieces, and, uh, and just let it blossom and grow from there. And that's the beauty of social media, and our sport has taken social media like, man, we can build stars on social media. We pass so much information. Our sto- sport grows so much. So, And it's weird. It's it's kind of funny how Mike T, who put so much into the sport, put this into his classrooms and then Pena turned around and did the same in France. Because Mike T, obviously, is the founder of the RPE system in terms of programming and powerlifting. and he did a lot to push forward the sport of powerlifting. And then Mike T is now you know, has offspring in the sport, so to speak. We got guys like Pena who's like, let me grab that baton and keep it going. I'm going to keep it going in France. And God knows, man, what people like Samantha are going to do because she's literally growing up with somebody like Leah and Pena. And it's just such a unique situation. Holy shit. Um, But anyways, I hope you guys liked it. Please subscribe. Give us high ratings. Uh, Post it up in your Instagram stories and whatnot. I will repost. Much appreciated when you do that. Let everybody know. And from Six Pack Lapidat, peace.